It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines offer made for Buckinghamshire School. Hearts Peer urges Lord Sewell to leave the Lords and families anger after death at Stevenage Hospital. BBC Three Counties Radio. An 11th hour offer has been made to buy a Buckinghamshire special school threatened with closure. Penn School near High Wycombe is set to close at the end of the month and is being run by administrators. Parents who have criticised the role of the school's trustees met with the head teacher last night. Head Mary Richardson told our reporter Justin Dealey that an offer is on the table. According to a meeting that we had with Deloitte, um, telephone conference with Deloitte this morning, we were told that there are still six interested parties, but only one offer, and that's being negotiated at the moment. So an offer has been made, and they've got until Friday to come up with the money? Um, Yes, basically, that's right. Evidence has been removed from a central London address used by Lord Sewell. Police are investigating the peer over claims he snorted cocaine with prostitutes. He says he won't return to the Lords until inquiries are completed. Baroness Sal Brinton from Hertfordshire is president of the Liberal Democrats. She wants Lord Sewell to leave over derogatory comments he allegedly made about Asian women. He of all people, as chairman of that committee, holding the rest of us to account for our standards, for him to speak in such a racist and sexist way is just not on and he should go. A senior manager in the NHS from Addenbrooke's Hospital in Cambridge has spoken of his frustration at having to recruit large numbers of nurses from abroad. Figures from the UK's nursing regulator show the recruitment of overseas staff is rising, with most foreign nurses now coming from other parts of the European Union. Legal experts say a landmark Court of Appeal ruling in favour of a Hertfordshire woman has dealt a major blow to the rights of people to choose who they want to leave money to in their wills. Heather Eilert from Ware has been awarded one hundred and six. £64,000 from the estate of her mother, even though she clearly stated she didn't want Mrs Islet to get a penny. The family of a woman with learning disabilities who died at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage say her death was avoidable. Eileen, its niece, Leslie Dean, and her husband, Keith, say both doctors and nurses didn't even read her file, which set out her disability needs. More from Tony Fisher. Lawyers for the family say the coroner's findings recognises that multiple failings in Eileen's care contributed to the cause of her death. They add it's hugely disappointing that patients with learning disabilities are more likely to suffer avoidable deaths than those without a learning disability. The Trust has apologised to Eileen's family for the failings in her care and says it is now trialling a new electronic observation system on their wards. A lorry driver was released by firefighters after his vehicle overturned on the roundabout at Junction 14 of the M1 at Milton Keynes last night. The emergency services were called just before 9pm. In sport, the pre-season football friendlies continue this evening. Watford make the trip to Wales to play Cardiff. Milton Keynes hosts Spanish side Getafe in their first friendly at, at uh, Stadium MK. Luton hosts Brentford and Wickham are away to Basing. Stoke. The weather a cloudy start, sunny spells later, still the risk of a shower, a maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Well we know where we're going but we don't know where we've been and we But we can't say what we've seen And we're not 
little children and we know what we want and the future is certain give us time to Man, how I love the young at heart chorus. You enjoy that, Jazz? I absolutely loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll get their version of Staying Alive later on as well. (laughs) There's a double album of that nonsense. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Big show this morning. And when I say big, I mean same old, same old, isn't it? Hey, Kels has turned up for work. Hey, hey. player. Shags has turned up for work. Hello. Uh, Dealey's turned up for work. Goosa. <sighs> Catherine Boyle's turned up for work. Hello, hey, mate. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> That's called bullying. And um, 
Yeah, Chris Evans made a career out of it. Um, let's have this. Yes. Across beds, hearts and bucks. Now. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Nowsers. Later on this morning, Justin. Yes. I've got a lot of, um, um... I've got two things to talk about in the show. Yeah. And I think we did this, right? Did we do this? Men that sing like girls. No. Okay. I want to do a thing. See if you got yeah. men that sing like girls. Because they had um, Wally Webb. Uh, uh, I, I would love a contract like Wally Webb. He, he just he, he takes more holiday than work. What a guy. What a geezer. He's played the system yep. to his advantage. Um, so, oh, I've turned it There we go. So, um... Uh, he was playing, um, oh, what's that rubbish band? Hello, oh, Bee Gees. No, well, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, one. We'll have what, yeah, we'll have that. Obviously, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Bobby Darin, maybe? Give me an example of Bobby uh, Darin singing I like just, a girl. Whenever I've heard his songs, he does sound like a bit of a girl. Jackson 5. Yeah, thank you yeah, very much yeah, indeed. Yeah, one, yeah. But he yeah. was young, to be fair. Is it, are we talking geezers? Geezers who sound like girls? Or just boys who sound like girls? I'm getting confused. I've here. never seen Justin with such a serious face yeah. <laughs> in my life. It's not like my music man. But even when he was a man, he sang like a girl. I would debate that. Oh no, uh. it was manly for me. Oh, still manly. Um, uh, the stylistics. Yes. What is that? That's not even like a nice singing girl. That is like a horrible. No. I never got the stylistics. It's a great, unique sound. Um, Sam Smith. Yeah, give you that. Yeah, so I'll give you yeah. Smitty. When um, Disclosure went to work with him, little fact, they thought it was a she. Oh, really? Mm. They were like, oh, yeah, we're going to go meet her. I don't her. know what Disclosure is. That's great. Yeah, thanks. Um, Queen, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Would often sing like a lady. I like this a lot. This is a good... Right, yes. so this is the vibe. 03459 455... I give out the phone number. They don't call in. I'm just... Um, I'm, I'm ever the optimist. So we're talking about that. Mm. And also, I'm going to send you to the streets on this. Mm. Am I the only person in the country that feels um, bad for Lord Sewell? He's the fella who got caught doing a little bit of the old... Mm -hmm. With a couple of the old... Can I pay you for that? (laughs) Um, Whilst wearing a little bit of an old leather jack and a red brazier. brazier. uh, I feel sorry for the guy. I feel genuinely sorry for the guy. I don't condone him taking drugs. However, however, if you went through every single person's home, there would be a picture somewhere of you doing something well, wrong. No, no, they wouldn't. No, they would. They no, they would. They would. They would. I think we've got to do this, Penn Scott. We'll, we'll continue this conversation this early on. Because, well, it's, it's not fact, because some people don't take photos of that stuff. Other people do. Some people don't do it, it just to say. <laughs> exactly. Right, we'll come back to that a little bit later on, because I, I, 03459 455 um, Penn Scott. Uh, the big story we've been following, parents at Penn School have been... Now, this is where it, it's very confusing, so bear with us. They've been told that an offer has been made to save the school. The head teacher told parents at a meeting of the six interested organisations, one has come forward and they've got until Friday to put up the money. Justin, you are at the meeting in Penn last night. What is the latest, please? Yeah, I was there last night with the parents. The administrators, Deloitte, uh, were not present at the meeting at the school. And the trustees, were they there at the meeting? No, of course no. they weren't. Uh, but uh, Mary Richardson the head teacher she spoke to me after the meeting last night and uh, she told me about this offer for the school according to a meeting that we had with Deloitte's um, telephone conference with Deloitte's this morning we were told that there are still six interested parties but only one offer 
and that's being negotiated at the moment. So an offer has been made and they've got until Friday to come up with the money? Um, Yes, basically, that's right. Um, The word that she used was that talks were progressing. You must be delighted with that. I'm certainly very happy. It's given us a lot of hope and we're just hoping that on Friday an offer will, a firm offer will be accepted. Your communication with the trustees this year, how would you describe your communication with the trustees this year? The trustees have um, been speaking more to uh, Deloitte. I haven't felt included in those discussions. Uh, When prospective buyers were um, brought to the school, I wasn't included. I wasn't asked to show them around or anything like that. And you're the head teacher? I'm the head teacher, yes. They may have their own reasons for that. But, uh, again, you'd have to ask them. But they won't talk to us. That's right. A bit like they won't talk to you. They're not talking to me, are they? No. Right, two things. I um, We had another email from... Um, one from Kerry McLeish, who's one mm, of the trustees, mm. saying that they weren't going to come on the show. And Sophie Solari, our reporter, phoned up Hugh, who's another one of the trustees, mm. um, to ask if he would um, come on the show. She spoke to his wife, um, and his wife said, I'll go. I'll find out. Hugh, there's a phone call for you. <laughs> Hugh Forsyth, right. And Hugh said, who is it? BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got no interest in speaking to them. <laughs> That's the conversation. It's incredible. I'll read out an email later on. I wrote an email to mm-hmm. um, to uh, is it is it Kerry? I'm saying uh, is it Kerry? The, uh, yeah, what's yeah. the Kerry? Yeah, uh, I, wrote, I wrote an email begging her, literally begging her yeah. to come on. Yeah, I've seen it. Literally begging. I'll read that out a bit later on. Uh, but sorry, just to go back on the point. So uh, uh, the headmistress there is saying that the um, the school is has, has received an offer. Mm. Um, I've got an email from the uh, administrators, Deloitte's, from last night, eight minutes past seven. Nothing has been sold to any third party, nor is any of the land or buildings under offer. So mixed signals. Mixed signals, but but Mary, again, fair play to her. She was there last night to face the parents. Yeah. And uh, that conversation that she had was with Deloitte, the administrator, saying that an offer has been made, but they've got to find the funds before Friday, or all of the teachers there will unfortunately be facing redundancy. Uh, The the councillor. Yes. um, Also there last night at the meeting was uh, Councillor Zahir Mohammed. Uh, He's Cabinet Member for Education and Skills at Bucks County Council. Uh, The council placed... 15 children at that school. So if the school closes, they've got to go elsewhere. They said it was their priority to make sure those children were placed elsewhere. Has that happened? Here's what he had to say on that issue. Um, The latest figures, and I I can't give you the the detail because it's uh, really down to the families. It's not... uh, It's not... uh it's not uh, information that I can divulge, but if I give you rough figures Mm. from from today, um, about uh, 40... 40% 40% uh, have accepted places, uh, about uh, 50 uh, are still waiting offers. Um, they're the rough figures, but um, I can't divulge anything. So what about that. the other 10%? I can't, the thing is, the thing is I can't, the thing is, uh, I can't divulge too much because that's giving away information on the few parents that yeah. are there. 
OK, well, we're going to be speaking to the council later on. We're not going to be speaking mm. to uh, Steve Baker, who is the um, Conservative MP for High Wycombe, where the school's based. Yeah. He doesn't want to come on the show anymore. He didn't like the tone of the interview yeah, uh, that we did. He show. said, I breached uh, uh, several um, uh, BBC guidelines. I'm looking forward to the official complaint then, Steve. Mm. We are speaking to Dominic Grieve, MP, though, yep. who uh, some of his, the parents are in his constituency, and he's been more than happy Absolutely. to talk to them, and he's going to talk to us. Um, let me quickly read this email that I sent to uh, to Carrie, and then we'll, we'll we'll move on. Carrie McLeish is one of the trustees. Um, she said uh, she won't be coming on the show, but the, the the trustees will be posting a Q&A on the school website, much like McCartney did with his first solo album, <laughs> McCartney, uh, where she'll set, they'll set the questions, they'll yeah. answer the questions. Yeah. This is my reply. It's a bit long. Bear with me. Kerry, read your email to Sophie. This is silly now. Your refusal to come on the show and speak to the parents is getting people very angry. Your engagement of a PR company in Soho completely backfired and actually made you look as though you don't care. Now, come on. I know you do care, but your complete unwillingness to speak is making people suspicious and angry. The trustees are coming over as uncaring, cold and selfish. More interested in protecting their own interests than speaking out for the vulnerable children who find themselves without a school and the parents who are heartbroken. I guarantee that issuing a scripted Q&A will only make you look worse and having had members of my team speak to the administrators, I know that they have not stopped you from talking to us. Please, I am begging you, come on the show. You can have as long as you want, all morning if you'd like. There are questions that simply have to be answered and I suspect will not be covered by a Q&A. My team and I will not let this story go. We will continue to ask questions and follow all lines of inquiry. I'm begging you, begging you, yep. please come on the show and answer the questions, please. No reply. Wow. Oh, three, Justin, excellent work. Thank Speak you. to you later on about Lord Sewell. Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Let's get the Trav. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're heading into London on the North Circular, there's a lane closed for barrier repairs heading east at the Staples Corner flyover, blocking the inside lane just as you come up onto the flyover after an accident yesterday morning. On Paula Radcliffe Way in Bedford, the roadworks there still at Cutthroat Lane and Clapham Road, likely to cause some delays later this morning. No problems on the trains. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Tom. Coming up, we will have the conversation... Am I the only person that feels sorry for Lord Sewell? And have you got photos at home of you doing rude stuff? Because I tell you what, in my household, I ain't. I keep them in the lockup by the Thames. I don't. I keep them in boot of my car. I don't. I keep them in boot of Kelly's car. Where are we now? 6.18. It is um, Tuesday, the 28th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An 11th hour offer has been made to buy Penn Special School in Buckinghamshire, which is set to close on Friday. Hertfordshire peer Baroness Sal Brinton says Lord Sewell should leave the House of Lords. And the family of a woman with learning disabilities who died at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage say her death was avoidable. Every weekday morning. One partially closed and the others didn't operate at all. I have contacted other companies who do it professionally and they said it should have been anchored down. The JVS Show. It was looked over by the garage and they told me do not move the vehicle anywhere. It's a complete death trap. The JVS Show fights for your rights 
and tackles your consumer problems. I'm getting nowhere. I've tried on numerous occasions to talk to the manager of this company. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. So they said, we're going to contact the customer, we're going to have a chat and we're going to make a, a gesture to that customer. And we could do the same for you. Without your programme, I don't know what you do in the morning. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Imagine a computer system on a radio station where you can type in searches for any songs and you type in Taylor, look, because you fancy a bit of Taylor Swift. I like a bit of Taylor Swift. I like that bouncy one she did. Maybe you could look for it, Kelly. And what comes up is James Taylor and Queen. Huh? I want Taylor... Why would you invent a radio search system that doesn't bring up, oh, I don't know, Taylor Swift for crying out loud? Can you get me that good Taylor Swift song? Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it, shake, shake it off. Is that the one? Is that the one I like? I'm guessing so. Thank you very much indeed. Then that's the one what I want to hear. Matt, why would you invent a system where you can't type in Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift pops up in 2015? We've not upset her as well as Apple, have we? Nearly played a Neil Young song yesterday. Oh, I managed to pull out of that as quickly as I possibly could. Oh, three four five nine four double five five double five. A very sad story. The family of a 69-year-old woman with learning disabilities who died at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage say her death was avoidable. A coroner found there was a gross failure in the care of Eileen Smith. Well, Eileen's niece, Leslie Dean, and her husband, Keith, say both doctors and nurses didn't even read a special folder which set out her disability needs. Well, Mary Varney is a lawyer in the human rights team at Lee Day and represented Leslie and Keith. She joins me now. Morning, Mary. Morning. Uh, there were a catalogue of failings here, weren't they? What, what were the main ones, uh, the main failings, after Eileen was admitted to the hospital? Well, there was a, 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 around a 12-hour period where observations showed that Eileen's health was deteriorating. Uh, and the observations are allocated a score. And you place the score on the chart, which says on the front of it what you have to do if the score reaches certain numbers. Uh, and there were just repeated failings over 12 hours to escalate the fact that her health was deteriorating to any medical staff. On top of that, there were failures to use the right bleeps so that even when they did try and contact a doctor before that 12-hour period, they were using the wrong numbers. Uh, And it seems that a lot of comfort was taken from the fact that Eileen was uh, quiet, that she looked okay, and that she was just sitting peacefully. Whereas if if they'd taken time to read her purple folder, it would have explained that Eileen didn't really communicate, and she certainly didn't communicate pain. What what is this purple folder? Because this is significant, isn't it, in, in, in the failings, in that they ignored the purple folder. Why is this so important? It is. A, a purple folder is like a uh, hospital passport, if you like, for patients with learning disabilities or, or with other complex needs. And it sets out to the health staff what the individual is like, because they can't tell the uh, doctor or the nurses um, information about themselves as a, a, a patient who didn't have those disabilities would be able to do and and so it's very important uh tool 
to ensure that those caring for patients who can't communicate for themselves and who have a learning disability know about this patient as an individual and therefore can tailor their care and make uh, uh, judgments about them accordingly. After the serious case review, you and the family had to really push, didn't you, to persuade the coroner to open an inquest. That must have been very frustrating. It, yes, it was. I think um, the, it, it, the trust heard in the inquest how difficult it was for the family to have to take the steps to, to contact the coroner themselves. And originally, uh, the first coroner who looked at the circumstances of the death uh, declined to hold an inquest, um, I think, because he wasn't fully aware of, of the allegations of failings in Eileen's care. And uh, it, it took Leslie and Keith actually finding lawyers, uh, instructing Lee Day, uh, and us making submissions to the coroner uh, to show him all the failings that uh, we alleged had, had happened and had an impact on Eileen's death. And yes, it was a real shame that the trust didn't take steps themselves to having found gross failings to to alert the coroner to those. Instead, it was left to the family uh, at, who, who had to try and find lawyers to help them do it. We're going to be speaking to the Director of Nursing at Lister Hospital later on, and I pray that I do not hear the phrase, lessons have been learnt. <laughs> oh, I hate that phrase. Um, is there anything that you'd, you'd, you'd like us to say to him, Mary? Uh I think, in in my experience, I, I, I've sadly done um, a, a few of these inquests uh, where the coroner's find there were gross failings in in patients' care. Uh, and what surprised me so far is, is the fact that there's been no contact, personal contact, from the chief executive of the trust, the person that uh, at the top of the chain, uh, to to give a personal apology to. Leslie, uh, for whom this has obviously been a incredibly sad experience. And although we welcome the changes that the trust has made, and the uh, there is no doubt that Eileen's legacy is that patients are safer uh, at the Lister Hospital. Uh, I'd like to see them take them step uh, as a real acknowledgement uh, of the harm that they caused. Is that what um, uh, Leslie would like to happen? To, to, to receive a personal apology. It's not something she's asked for directly. You, you, you asked me what I'd like yeah, to yeah, um, yeah. do. Uh, it's not something she's asked for directly. She, she's... Um, L- Leslie asked questions. She, she's never brought an aggressive fight. She's never uh, been one to, to criticise the NHS as a whole. This was gross failings on a ward at a particular time. She asked some questions. She, she, through her courage of pursuing this, she's managed to uncover some really serious issues. But thankfully, the trust has now taken action. Uh, and I think she deserves an apology uh, from the chief executive for that. OK. Uh, Mary, really nice to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. That's Mary Varney, lawyer in the human rights team at Lee Day. Um, very sad story. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. I see I'm too late. Got nothing in my brain. That's what people say. 
Speed sensors and the North Orbital Road looking heavy coming down to join the M25 at Junction 21A at Bricketwood. Uh, in Hendon, the North Circular, that's got a lane closed for barrier repairs heading east at Staples Corner on the flyover. Looking busy on the North Circular, queuing already between East End Road heading west to Henley's Corner. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. An 11th hour offer has been made to buy a Buckinghamshire Special School threatened with closure. Penn School near High Wycombe is set to close at the end of the month and is being run by administrators. Parents met with the head teacher last night. Evidence has been removed from a central London address used by Lord Sewell. He says he won't return to the Lords until inquiries are completed. Baroness Sal Brinton from Hertfordshire, the President of the Liberal Democrats, says he should go now. And the family of a woman with learning disabilities who died at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage say her death was avoidable. They said the coroner's findings recognised that multiple failings in Eileen Smith's care contributed to the cause of her death. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The pre-season friendlies continue this evening. Watford make the trip to Wales to play Cardiff. The Hornets added new signing number 10 yesterday with Dutch winger Steven Berghus joining from AZ Alkmaar for a fee believed to be around £4 million. Milton Keynes-Dons host Spanish side Getafe in their first friendly at Stadium MK. The match dedicated to Chief Scout Andy King who passed away at the end of May. Luton hosts Brentford. Still no word from the Hatters on the future of trialist striker Craig McHale-Smith and Wickham are away to Basingstoke. In Formula One, Renault have described the Milton Keynes Red Bull team as high maintenance. It's part of an ongoing spat between the two about the quality of the engines the French team are supplying. Racing's glorious Goodwood gets underway today with a new title. Champion jockey Richard Hughes retires at the end of the five days to switch from riding racehorses to training them. More from Cornelius Lysett. Technically, it's no longer glorious Goodwood after a multi-million pound sponsorship deal with Qatar though such a famous name is likely to stick over the five days, during which time Richard Hughes is favourite to be top jockey on a track where he's enjoyed notable successes over the years, particularly with retired trainer Richard Hannon and now Richard Hannon Jr. Hughes retires on Saturday and hopes to saddle runners in the autumn. His mounts today include 2p in the feature, the Lennox Stakes, though his best chance could be on Papa Luigi at 4.55. And in cricket, England and Australia complete their preparations at Edgbaston today, ahead of tomorrow's third Ashes test. England's women lost by 89 runs to Australia in their latest one-day international at Worcester. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin at 7. Tasty. Hang on a minute, I've, got, I was gonna then, I've only got one thing. This is going to play this, not as smooth as it was going to be. Go! <laughs> People try to put us to talking about my favorite station just because we're talking about my favorite station. They said the BBC was dead talking about my favorite station. But our new approach is fresh and bold. My favorite station is my favorite station, baby. Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, if I'd then been... I'm doing this all from iPod, guys, and if I'd have had the skills, I could have scrolled immediately to uh, the song that I wanted to play, and I just... uh, I don't have... um, I don't have skills. So, yesterday, Kelly, I showed you a letter. Do you remember I showed you a letter? Showed you a letter? No. Do you not remember I showed you a letter? Showed you a letter... Shags, yesterday I showed you a letter. Me a letter? Yeah, I did, mate. Sorry, that was out of order. Yes, I did, mate. Wow. I did. I showed right. you. Uh, okay, yeah. I showed you both the letter yep. after the show, yep. and you went, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Honestly, Justin, I had a letter in my bag after the yeah, show, yeah. 
I showed him a sealed letter and went, I've got... I've got oh, oh, yes! Oh, yes. oh look at yes, these yes, two. Yes, Incredible. yes, Incredible. What was the letter? Uh, technically, it was an envelope, is all you I'm saying. I mean, that is slap. Yeah, that's attitude slap here, capital A. That is shagitude. Sorry. Slap number one. Kelly. You had written a letter yep. to the residents of your childhood home. Yep, the house I lived in between the age of zero oh. and oh. 11. 11. 1973 to 1984, oh. classic. Oh. I, wrote, I, wrote, I wrote them a letter. Right, <clears throat> My sister's emigrating. And as much as I've tried to avoid the facts and put my head in the sand, it's still actually going to happen. I thought, yeah, well, wouldn't yeah. it be nice if... Uh, we went to, you know, having lost our dad in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and mum's not very well, and she's moving away. Wouldn't it be nice if we went to look at our old childhood home? Just went round. I remember we had this conversation about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Would you go and knock yep. on the front door? And if you were that person, would you let them in? It's a bit weird, but I can yeah. totally understand yeah. why you're doing this. Well, I, so I wrote the letter. I've done phrases, and I wrote the letter. Mm. Wrote a letter saying, um, I know this is weird. I used to live here, and I explained kind of what had been going on. We'd had a bit of a rough. I just thought it would be really nice um, if we came and had a look around. Yeah. Getting emotional thinking about it. And yeah. I post this letter. It's really nervous. I post the letter and I dashed off. Got a text. Did you? Got a text. Not interested, don't want to know. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say. That Hi could there. Be for anyone, to be honest. Hi there. My, I'm not going to say a name because uh, I was making up. Hi there. My name is Sarah. I live at the address. I read your lovely letter today. You're welcome any time to come round and look. It will be my pleasure. Oh, brilliant. And then we had a little text thing. And she wrote, um, I was really touched by your letter. She told me the days that she's available. Uh, it will be great to meet you. I'm a single mum of three. My children love this house too. We're making great memories for them. And then she says, I've not lived there for 31 years. Yeah. I just spoke to Phil and Jim. They would love to see you too. They remember you very well. They're the next door neighbours. <laughs> no. They're the old couple that live next door. Boss. I thought they were dead. I'm up. Do you know oh. what? I'm giving you one of these. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I accept that. Great well story. They're next door neighbours from 30 years ago who were, you know, I remember them being old, but I was like eight. So I'm guessing mm. I, I, maybe they were in their 50s. That was 30 years. You have made me feel good to be alive this morning. Yeah. This is the sort of stuff yeah. that we need in this country. I feel, I feel quite emotional. I genuinely I feel a fantastic. bit emotional. There is now a chance, because my sister's actually moving earlier than I thought, that she may not be able to go. Mm. But I'm still, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and I'm going to go and, I'm gonna go and sit in the bedroom that I grew up in. You give wow. me inspiration. On Sunday... I'm we- like, Buddha, <laughs> Christ... Or I'm going to say it, the other one. Well, we're, get, we're getting deep now. On Sunday, I buried my granddad's ashes. It's been a while. Did you really? Well but, done. But it got me thinking on the way back. Do you yeah, know what? Yeah. I would love to go and see the yeah. home yeah. that he used to live in. Yeah. A lovely family moved in. What have they done to it to bring back some memories yeah. as well? But it's that weird thing of making that initial contact. Are they going to think you're a weirdo? Oh, the only thing in our favour is yeah. we work for the BBC. I, and I did put that in. Yeah. I was able to say, look, I work for the BBC. You can look at... But, uh, but I've heard other stories of other people just knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. And um, them being allowed... Now, the house I live in now isn't particularly old, so there's not. I wouldn't have thought there'd be that many memories associated with the people. Um, that's a weird thing to say. I don't mean it's come out like that, but I can't be bothered mm. to pursue it and correct it. <laughs> um, but I, I think most... Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Uh, if someone knocked on your door or wrote you a letter, you would have to ser- seriously consider it. She was overjoyed, this yeah, woman. yeah. Um, and I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna cry. I know I'm gonna cry. And as I walked up the driveway to post 
the letter. My dad tarmacked the drive. We did, was, it was a front garden, and he tarmacked the drive. He just turned up one morning with a load of tarmac. Where'd you get that from? My dad was such a dodgepot. My mum said, where'd you get the tarmac from? He said, oh, I, saw, I, I paid some fellows who were, um, uh, they were laying the M25. Absolutely. Who lad. were building the M25. He said, I gave them 20 quid, and they dropped it off. <laughs> <laughs> so they just turned up. And I noticed that there is a little bump at the end of the drive. Under that is two time capsules that me and my sister uh, buried in a couple of golden Virginia tins. Nah. <laughs> Have some of that. Wow. So I might, I might dig it up before. Oh well. Uh, but so that's going to happen Incredible. in the next month or so. Fair play. What yeah. a lovely story that is. It's nice, isn't it? Really nice. It is a risk though because if it's your home, they could kidnap me and kill me. And somebody knocks and says, oh, "I, I used, to, uh, I used to live here and yeah. I look around." Yeah. <laughs> What's I that mean, voice? I know that's not how you speak, but that's how you know. Well, if it was, if it was a drug like, addict. Mm. I don't know. It's, it is a risk. It is a risk. I wouldn't. I, I don't think I'd, I'd let someone look around my house if the kids were in. I don't know. You just suss up the vibe, don't suss, you? Yeah. You suss up mm. the vibe. And the fact that she was able to speak to the next door neighbours and, 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 and they took the cat, they clarified the name and the connection and stuff like that. No, I just think it's so it's a, it was a great day yesterday because I had that right, mm. and then I got. A, I'm doing a job on Thursday. Are you got a job? Tarmac. No. <laughs> no, I'm going. On, I'm, I'm going on a television show. I'm back. I'm oh back yeah. Which one? Time. Which one, big man? Only pointless. Daytime, I was going to say pointless. <laughs> daytime, daytime premiere quiz show. Yeah. Admittedly, it's not the celebrity version. I'm just a punter. I'm joking. Of course, it's the celebrity version. <laughs> and they said, "Who do you? What celebrity do you want to go on with?" I don't know any celebs. I asked Tony Blackburn, but he's working Thursday. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah. Um, so, so I just I'm going to turn up Thursday. Rock up. There'll be some random celebrity there. Could be Mini Driver. I don't know Bruce uh, Willis. Yeah. Bruce uh, Willis. And uh, we're going to do pointless with them. Now, bearing in mind, I've won Weakest Link. I've won the Mastermind. I've won the uh, the Celebrity Master Chef. Not Mate, Master Chef. I don't that's... need your life come story. I need to correct. I, I didn't. I came last and come down with you. We don't discuss that. That was the worst week of my my life. Um, um, the one with Percy Potato and Terry Tomato. Oh, won't cook. Ready, steady, won't Ready, cook. steady, won't cook. I won ready, steady, won't cook. Did you really? Yes, I did, mate. Here's the thing about ready, steady, won't cook, right? You know you turn up with your shopping bag of your shopping goods mm. that you've mm. bought. Mm. You've not bought that. You, someone's bought that for you. They yeah. give it to you. you. They show you just before you go on what no. you've bought. No, you, yeah. you don't pick your own ingredients. No, mate, no, no mate. I'm outraged. Um, I was outraged, but they were paying quite good cash, I seem to remember. <laughs> what five ingredients would you have picked if you if it was oh, no. real? A potato. Yeah. A good. cheese. Yeah, good. Oh, no, that'll do. Yeah, good. Mashed potato with cheese on, Cheesy isn't it? Cheesy mash. <laughs> Cheesy mash. I'll be there. <laughs> Uh, so it's a good, so I'm, I'm filming that on Thursday. So it's, it's, yesterday was a good day. Yeah, fair play. Very, very good day. Yeah, strong vibe. Now listen, I want you to take this to the streets. Yeah, I'm busy editing some stuff I'm about pens. Hang, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. I can't take it to the streets. I'm uh, busy. No, no, I will be. I'm editing some more audio for seven o'clock for yeah. on Pen School. Yeah. Uh, the very latest, but yeah, I will be going to the streets as well. Lord Seal. In between. Lord Seal, right? I feel sorry for this guy. I don't condone what he did. I don't condone um, Class A drug taking, if that is indeed what he did. I don't condone having sex with prostitutes. People do these things. A lot of people do these things. And you're right. Yeah, I can just hear Prince hoovering. It's <laughs> a great guy. Seriously, this morning he is, he is up for it, Prince. Get him in here. <laughs> we will do. Absolutely. Well, actually, you can start with asking Prince if, if you feel sorry for Lord Sewell. He has been <laughs> shamed and humiliated across the, the front pages of all the newspapers... I feel sorry for the guy. He's going to lose his job. Yeah. You can argue whether that's right or not. He's going to get invested by, investigated by the police. I'm sure nothing will come of it, but it's right that they investigate it. Yep. I feel sorry for the guy. He trusted those... He, he bought... He literally bought the trust of those women <laughs> yeah. for 400 quid. That's a bargain price, by the way. Yeah. 
Uh, and they filmed him at his most yeah. vulnerable. Yeah, I feel true. sorry for the guy. Well, I said earlier on that every single person has been stitched up. But by some... No, no it's true. Right. But because he's high profile, yeah. that's why it's on the front page of the newspaper. So, yes, I do feel sorry for him. And if you went through every single person's home, th- there would be photographs now, somewhere. This I, somewhere. This I don't understand. Yeah. Because I don't have any photographs anywhere. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Okay, well, if you don't, somebody else will. You say my missus or my no. kids. Let's put the kids <laughs> to one side. You say my missus has. But there, there would be somebody out there who's got a dodgy photograph of you. But because you're no. high... No, this is true. Well, how, most people, Most people who have got photographs about them out there, doesn't really matter because it's not going to get on the front page of a newspaper. I'd lose, if there were photos like that of me, I'd lose, I'd lose my job straight away. Mm. Boom, I'm out. Mm. I'm out. Is it right that... Okay, supposing I got caught... Let's go through this stage by stage. Yeah. Let's, let's make it about me. <laughs> supposing I got caught having it away with a prostitute, should I lose my job? Because I would. Um, I don't think you should, no. Supposing I got caught wearing an ill-fitting bra whilst having sex with a prostitute, should I lose my job? <sighs> Ooh, the, the ill-fitting bra has, has given me pause to no, think. I, it's, it's a tough one. It, it's, 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 it's what's going on in your life at the time, isn't it? You can't just look at it and say, oh, that's outrageous. That, that sack that person. You've got to look into the reasons why they're doing it. Take this to the streets when you've got a minute, if that's yeah, all right. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's no, right I'm gonna, no, I'm going to go to the streets. Yeah, I'm 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 going to the streets. Um, I, I know, just, just, you know, we finish at nine. Um, You'll have it for half past seven. I, that is, then that is absolutely fan dabby dozy. Yeah. Um, and let's get let's get the prince perspective as well, please. Prince perspective, <laughs> yes, yeah. please, boss. Thank no you worries. very much. Cheers. I'll speak to you later <laughs> on. Thank you very much indeed. Oh three four five nine four double five. This chair. I'm going to swap this chair because it keeps going down on me. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Am I the only person um, that feels sorry for Lord Shield? I feel sorry for him. And also, have you been back to the house you grew up in, knocked on the door, sent them a letter? If someone did knock on your door, rock up and say, oh, I used to live here, can I have a look around? Um, would you let them in, or is that a little bit weird? 81333, start your text 3CR. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Building up on the M25, going anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40, and again between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 19 for Watford. Coming down to join the M25 at Junction 21A, busy on the North Orbital Road, the A405 at Bricketwood, and further into London, the North Circular's heavy, going west between the Clockhouse Interchange and New Southgate. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. What did you say? Um, we've got I, won't two tell you what, I won't tell you what I said. No, I heard what you said. Okay. Just said we've got two weird texts. We'll come to those in a moment. That's yeah, it wasn't uh, breaking. Okay. <laughs> that's got that's got to be worth that's got to be worth staying tuned for, isn't it? Two weird texts. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. It is uh, Tuesday, the twenty eighth of July. I'm doing my slow voice. It's the news. An 11th hour offer has been made to buy Penn Special School in Buckinghamshire, which is set to close on Friday. Hertfordshire peer Baroness Sal Brinton says Lord Sewell should leave the House of Lords and the family of a woman with learning disabilities who died at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage say her death was avoidable. Let's get the weather. Here's Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Good morning. I feel like you're going to say something to me, aren't what, you? <laughs> what, 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 would, what would you like me to say to you, Sarah? There's nothing, there's nothing I can say to you 
really. That's um, going to make it any better. That's going to make. Is. That's going to make up for this. Not bush. You know, you said. <laughs> you said. You said nut bush. <laughs> nut bush. Nut bush. So I just feel it's probably best we we just you know move on from that. Well, what speed am I doing the weather at this morning? Is it slow? And Tediously dangerous? slow at the moment, if I'm honest. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, let's do it excited. Excitable okay. speeds. I'm setting All the weather right. to excitable. Here we go. Here we go. All right, then. 13 Celsius across the three counties this morning, and we are dry right now. Quite a bit of cloud around, but we will see breaks appearing in that cloud as we go through the day, and generally it'll be dry uh, with some sunny spells this afternoon, 17 or 18 Celsius. Couldn't rule out a late evening shower. Generally, though, we will stay dry overnight. Tomorrow we start dry. Lots of sunshine through the day and some afternoon showers. Um... No. Let's just go back to slow and boring, shall we? All right. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. It is. She's a good sport. Good morning. It's six o'clock. For waking us up. The headlines. Elderly care. And getting us going. I'm listening all week. Yeah. Here it comes, baby. For making us laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and making us cry. We should on anyone. For expanding our minds. We're going to take a walk through Luton, holding hands. Expanding our minds. See if anything happens. And broadening our horizons. But if my liver's literally not not hanging off on its last threads, then... Keeping up your drinking. (laughs) For all of our hopes. You can be sure that I'll never, ever forget you. Or very loving husband, John. And I leave that on there. She might read it, I don't know. And our dreams. Watford are promoted to the Premier League. The final whistle goes at Stadium MK. The Dons are in the championship. For not just listening, but living it too. I think Tim needs to go to Waterme. Where? Waterme. For all of us. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's um, very... Uh... Jim Uruguay. I'm trying to... You don't have to say you to love find. me just because I had. <laughs> One more time for luck. You don't have to say you love me just because I had. Oh, where's that um, record? You gave me a brilliant record yesterday. Did you not keep it? No, I gave it. I threw it back to you. And oh, we gave it to Justin. All right, Justin's going to... Maybe we'll take it to the streets tomorrow. We've got a brilliant... I tell you what, tomorrow is a protest song special, all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we'll do, we got sent... A, one of the great joys of sitting opposite you, Kelly, is mm-hmm. A, as I can always get a sneaky glimpse without you knowing. Um, B, I always know. Exactly. And I know you know, and that's what makes it so much <laughs> naughtier. And B, um, I get all of the um, BBC Introducing rejects. No, I get the stuff that's too good for BBC Introducing. Yes. That's how I got... What they're called? Thunderstruck. Tantrum. Tantrum, that was it. They were not rejects. That's how I got Tantrum on. I broke Tantrum on my show. You may have heard them on other shows. They stole the idea. My show. Uh, And tomorrow, we have got a brilliant singer-songwriter coming on. Protest song. It's about the so-called Islamic State. It's a bold move. It it really is. I've not heard Neil Young doing one. Well, even if he did, we wouldn't be able to play it because of the disagreement the BBC have got with him. Mm. But I've not heard, um, oh, I don't know, any of your other protest singers. Duncan from Blue or anybody doing this. But I've not heard Bob Dylan doing a song about the so-called Islamic State. This young lady has... It's a risky. It's a risky thing to do. 
Dealey's going to take it to the streets, which in many ways may be even riskier. Mm. So that's that's tomorrow's protest song special. You better remember that, Shags, you're producing. If you don't, slaps. Great okay. harmonica on it. There is harmonica on it, yeah. Jeff is in Wingrave. Good morning, Jeff. Morning, Ian. Good morning. What have you got for us, Jeff? Well, I was touched by your story about going back to the house you lived in. Um, I was born in 1941. My father was in the Royal Air Force. And my birth certificate says that I was living at an address in St. Ives in Huntingdonshire, as it was then. And I was up that part of the world and thought, well, about three or four years ago, let, let's go see if we can find the place where I, I live. Yeah. Went to an estate agent, uh, found out where the road was because they would know. And I found this little terrace houses. And I suspect my father rented a room there, I would have thought. My mother and father rented a room there. I went knocked on the door. And there were two elderly people, they were probably 90, just sat there looking out of the window. I looked in the window and they looked at me, didn't stir, didn't do anything. Oh, Christ, what do I do? And I thought, well, I can't do anything more. So I, I obviously left it. I came home, I took a photocopy of my birth certificate, I wrote a nice letter, hopefully yeah. a nice letter, to them, and it, the letter had the birth certificate had the address on. And sadly, I never heard another one. Oh, no! Really? And I was rather hoping that they'd got a, a daughter or son would have picked it up and contacted me. I, I suppose if they were elderly, 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 that, you I, know, that they, they would be a little were, bit cautious. But you'd think they, that... Well, when I knocked and I realised, I thought, oh, this is a crazy thing to do because I'd be... Isn't it? You, know, you could see they were elderly. I thought I'd probably worried them stiff, which is why I wrote to them and explained. Oh, to ignore a letter like that is cold, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, I was infant, you know. I mean, I, I wasn't many months, I suppose, we stayed there. So, obviously, I had no memory of the house whatsoever. Yeah. I, I saw the house where I, I lived. I was born in St. Neitz. Yeah. And... Um, and nursing home, and then obviously my parents were living uh, this rented house or rented flat, I a rented room. And I, yeah, I went and saw where I, where I lived, where I was born, or you know, just after I was born, I, as an infant. Um, yeah, so it didn't have any more meaning. It's no, like, but still, there's a, there is a whether you remember or not, there's still a connection I with know. that place. And I thought I've worried. I came out and worried all day. Oh dear, you know this poor couple, yeah. old people, and I've worried them stiff. Jeff, I, that, listen. Thank you for your call. I'm I'm sorry that they didn't get back in touch. That's heartbreaking. I wasn't sure what I was expecting. I was so pleased. I was watching a really boring documentary in the afternoon, um, and I was so pleased uh, to get this text from this woman who lived uh, who lives at the house I grew up in. Spent the first eleven years of my life there. I'm going to go there in the next few weeks. I'm a little bit nervous about it. I came away and I had a little cry. I had a little cry in the car, which is, which is absolutely fine to do. Peter. Peter in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. I'm supposing they, they've knocked down the cave that you grew up in? No. I, well, that was... That's gone, actually, yes. Yes, the caves. But I'm making I, a joke that you're I old. I went back there. But from my street... Yes. You've got to remember that I told you before that... Six people and their children, the children were in their 60s. All lived in a cardboard box under the stairs. All went back and wanted to meet up. What a street that was. What a street. Uh, what have you called in to whinge about today, Pete? I was going to talk about the <coughs> uh, the parliament, parliament, really. The parliament, OK. Uh, yeah, because because of what's happened to Sewell, yeah. uh, I've got no... He's, he's a hypocrite, really, because he's in charge of standards. 
and we know but, but, what the sludge that's been slopping around in Parliament around. for the last few years. What's he done? What's horrendous. he done, Peter? Peter? Yeah. What's he done wrong? What's he done wrong? Tell me what he's done wrong. Well, first of all, he's in charge of standards. No, no, no. Uh, the very specific question, Peter. Focus. This isn't this isn't Radio Four. I'm not going to let you get away with this. What's well, he done? If, What's he if done the wrong? Pictures are true. Yeah. He was sniffing cocaine. Okay, he's allegedly been sniffing cocaine. We have no evidence fun. of that yet. Yeah, we don't know for sure, but yeah. Well, uh, I mean, if the picture of the truth, sniffing cocaine. Okay. He was out with. He was out with prostitutes. He's helping independent business. If the pictures are true. Yeah. He's hel- he's helping young independent businesswomen. <laughs> he's helping them oh, get well, on their feet after it. he's taken them off his feet. Well, he put that's it somewhere. One way of putting it, and yeah. that's if what she you said. put yourself in a position where. Any slip of a girl, if you like, can take pictures of you in that. How has it? But how has it impacted on your life? It hasn't, has it? He's embarrassed. He's, he's sh- should he lose his job? I don't know if he should. Well, he, uh, well uh, I, I don't like hypocrites. But what's he done that's hypocritical? When has he said well, don't take? When has he said don't take drugs? For goodness sake, the man's judging standards. Yeah, but when has he said don't take drugs or pay women for sex? It, it doesn't doesn't matter. Well, then, because he, he he's not a hypocrite, then, if he hasn't said that... Of course he, of course he is, it's just in standards. No, but when has he said, don't pay women for sex? Uh, n- nowhere, as far as I know. Then he's but... not a hypocrite! 03459 Do you feel sorry for Lord Sewell? I do. Yesterday Had nothing to say Tomorrow Knockers are better. Yesterday, you gave me my way. Jack Russell. Tomorrow, I'm not in a bad mood. We shared in each other's affair. Now there's really nothing left for me to say. Sit and wonder why.
Shut up and listen. Variety. Yesterday had nothing to say. Trav, just going to have to wait, baby. Should I wonder why I'm looking for a meaning? Should I wonder why I'm wondering at all? Catch me if you can. Just too glorious to interrupt. Sorry. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy already this morning on the M25, anti-clockwise from Junction 17 for Maple Cross around 2.16 for the M40 and going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 at Watford. Also busy on the North Orbital Road coming down to join the M25 at 21A. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Tom. Justin Dealey has just tweeted the weirdest picture of him and our temple where we clean a prince picture taken in Narnia or something. It's very, very bizarre. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines offer to buy Buckinghamshire Special School. Half a Chapier says Lord Sewell should resign and family's anger over death at Stevenage Hospital. BBC Three Counties Radio. An 11th hour offer has been made to buy a Buckinghamshire Special School threatened with closure. Penn School near High Wycombe is set to close at the end of the month and is being run by administrators. Parents who have criticised the role of the school's trustees met with the head teacher last night. Head Mary Richardson was able to give them the latest update from the administrators. There are still six interested parties but only one offer and that's being negotiated at the moment. The word that she used was that talks were progressing. I'm certainly very happy. It's given us a lot of hope and we're just hoping that on Friday an offer will, a firm offer will be accepted. Evidence has been removed from a central London address used by Lord Sewell. Police are investigating the peer over claims he snorted cocaine with prostitutes. He says he won't return to the Lords until inquiries are completed. Baroness Sal Brinton from Hertfordshire, the President of the Liberal Democrats, wants Lord Sewell to leave now over derogatory comments he allegedly made about Asian women. He of all people, as chairman of that committee, holding the rest of us to account for our standards, for him to speak in such a racist and sexist way is just not on and he should go. A senior manager in the NHS from Addenbrooke's Hospital in Cambridge has spoken of his frustration at having to recruit large numbers of nurses from abroad. Figures from the UK's nursing regulator show the recruitment of overseas staff is rising, with most foreign nurses now coming from other parts of the European Union. Legal experts say a landmark Court of Appeal ruling in favour of a Hertfordshire woman has dealt a major blow to the rights of people to choose who they want to leave money to in their wills. Heather Eilert from Ware has been awarded £160. £64,000 from the estate of her mother, even though she clearly stated she didn't want Mrs Islet to get a penny. 
The family of a woman with learning disabilities who died at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage say her death was avoidable. Eileen Smith's niece, Leslie Dean, and her husband, Keith, say both doctors and nurses didn't even read her file, which set out her disability needs. More from Tony Fisher. Lawyers for the family say the coroner's findings recognises that multiple failings in Eileen's care contributed to the cause of her death. They add it's hugely disappointing that patients with learning disabilities are more likely to suffer avoidable deaths than those without a learning disability. The Trust has apologised to Eileen's family for the failings in her care and says it is now trialling a new electronic observation system on their wards. A lorry driver was released by firefighters after his vehicle overturned on the roundabout at Junction 14 of the M1 at Milton Keynes last night. The emergency services were called just before 9pm. In sport, the pre-season friendlies continue this evening. Watford make the trip to Wales to play Cardiff. Milton Keynes Dons host Spanish side Getafe in their first friendly at Stadium MK. Luton host Brentford and Wickham are away to Basingstoke. The weather, sunny spells, still the risk of a shower, maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you very much, Simon, and thank you for your patience. Morning, guys, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, busy show. Someone knocks on your door, says, I used to live here as a kid. Um, Can I come and have a look around? What would you do? And also... Do you feel sorry for Lord Sewell? I do. I do. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hooks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Now, parents at Penn School have been told an offer has been made to save the school, despite me getting an email from the administrators last night saying that an offer hasn't been made. It's very confusing. The head teacher told the parents at a meeting um, uh, last night that of the five interested organisations, one has come forward, and they've got until Friday to put up the money. Justin joins me. Justin, we're going to talk about the meeting in a second. Mm-hmm. A couple of guests I want to go to uh, first of all. Let me um, bring in Beaconsfield MP Dominic Grieve. Uh, morning, Dominic. Good morning. First of all, thank you very much for joining us to talk about this. There, there, there's some uh, MPs, Steve Baker in particular, who refuses to talk about this. He's very odd. Up until recently, Penn School was in your constituency, wasn't it? Until 2010. Okay. Yes. So, w- w- what are your thoughts on it? Did you know it well? I did know it quite well. I had uh, I used to visit it regularly when I was the local MP, and when I ceased to be the local MP, they asked me if I would remain as a patron of the school and um, having secured the agreement of, of Steve because it was in his patch and I didn't wish to be involved on, 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 in his constituency without his agreement, I, I, I stayed on as a patron and I used to go uh, perhaps once or twice a year to for prize givings and things of that sort. Um, the Ofsted reports hadn't been great. They were kind of on the swing again. You, you, th- th- were you worried by the Ofsted reports? I was very worried about the Ofsted report. The Ofsted report was devastating for the school. And I have to say, I always found it very difficult to square the Ofsted report with my own impression of the school when Mm. I visited it. But I'm not an expert in these matters, so I'm always mindful of that. But it it was a devastating blow. And because this school is a non-maintained school, um, the consequence of the Ofsted report has really precipitated all the problems that have followed. 
It's a bit of a mess, isn't it? I don't know how closely you've been following the story about um, uh, uh, the trustees knowing a year ago that the school was in serious financial trouble, uh, the, 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 the Steve Baker and the, the headmistress knowing the school was going to close on, on, on June the 5th, several weeks before the parents. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on the way this has been handled? Well, I find it very difficult to make any comment about that. The trustees are in a very difficult position on the basis of this being a, a, a charitable but limited company. Um, they will have duties. They certainly can't trade when they're insolvent. Uh, the money has to come from somewhere. And I'm just simply not privy to what was going on uh, insofar as the trustees were concerned. I first knew, uh, I, I knew that the school was going to have difficulty from the moment the Ofsted report came mm. out. But the fact that the school was facing imminent closure came as a complete bolt from the blue. And I know that you've spoken to at least one um, parent of a, 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 a child that goes to, to Penn School. You may have spoken to more, I don't know. What, 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 without giving away any, any confidentialities, of course, the, the parents are very upset, aren't they? Well, the parents are understandably upset. The school provided an extremely good nurturing environment with, for children with complex needs. Nothing more disruptive than a school closing and those children being uh, obliged to find a new place to go, which in many cases, on the face of it, will not meet their needs in the same way. There are very few of these schools around. This is, I think, the, the basic point. Uh, and so to, to find an alternative placement is going to be very difficult. And in some cases, the suggestion is the child should be moved into mainstream education. And quite frankly, mainstream education is not a suitable place uh, to e educate the vast majority of these children. That's one of the reasons why they went to Penn School in the first place. Dominic, uh, I don't want to worry you. I have nothing on you in the, the style of Lord Sewell, but my mum lives at the, uh, the Chilton Cheshire House in uh, Gerard's Cross, and I was at the Summer Fete, and I've got some very embarrassing photos of you uh, doing some dancing. Um, <laughs> w w with uh, bashing your sticks and uh, prancing around. What's it worth to keep those pictures off the internet, sir? Oh, I think I gave up worrying about that a long time ago. I've, I've been, uh, I've been uh, doing a Morris dance to open the Chilton Cheshire Home uh, fate for about 15 years. Well, it's, it's, it's thoroughly enjoyed, and you're a good sport for doing it, Dominic. And thank you so much for coming on to talk about this. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. I know going off topic slightly. Every year he's at the, the opening of this, <laughs> this summer fete and every year he makes a complete plum of himself willingly <laughs> by doing a Morris dance. And, and he's also prepared, Justin, to come on the show this morning. Yep. The school isn't even in his constituency anymore. Mm. He's come on the show. Steve Baker MP, where the, the, high, uh, the, the uh, Conservative MP for High Wycombe, refuses to come on the show. The parents spoke very highly of him last night. Of the Dominic. Meeting. Of Dominic, of absolutely, Dominic, yeah. yes. And he's, uh, I've had issues where I've had to get in touch with Dominic, away from this station. He gets back in touch. Yeah. He says, I can help with this, I can't help with that. What do you want to do? Um, uh, you went to the meeting last night, yeah. uh, um, Justin. What was the meeting for and what was the mood like? Uh, no administrators were there last night, so Deloitte weren't present. Okay. Uh, the trustees, were they there last night? Nope, they weren't. So it was purely the parents uh, in terms of, of what the very latest is with the school. The deadline is this Friday. Uh, according to the head teacher, who was there last night yep. to face the parents, there has been an offer made. Yeah. That, that, that's according to her. So I get the impression, again, listen, because we don't speak to the trustees, we don't know, but, but reading between the massive gaps in both interviews that you've done with the headmistress, I get the impression, I make up, that she um, has uh, been left to, uh, to hung out to dry a little her bit. Her words to me last night, I feel like I've been excluded. Uh, we'll talk more about that in, in, in a moment. Um, Councillor Zahir Mohammed is the Cabinet Member for Education and Skills at Bucks County Council. Morning, Councillor. Were you at the meeting last night? 
good morning, Ian. Uh, yes, I was at the meeting last night. Uh, uh, and what did you uh, make of it? Uh, I thought it was a very helpful meeting. I attended a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was invited to come along yesterday as well. And I, I really felt it was important for me to support the parents as much as I could and be there, listen to them, um, hear any updated views, and see how the county council can help. The school is so, privately um, yeah, run. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The, the school is privately run, but the, but the, some of the pupils that are leaving, the ones that live in Bucks, of course, th- that is your problem. Uh, placing those those children, uh, how's that going? Um, so far, I believe it's going well. Um, I had the uh, latest update from officers uh, yesterday, and they just said to me, "I mean, I can't divulge uh, figures uh, in great detail because it means giving uh, too much detail away in terms of uh, parents and children." But roughly. Um, and I'm just giving very rough figures here. It's about 40% of uh, uh, the parents have accepted uh, their place. So 50% are still waiting offers uh, on their places. How far away are those schools? Um, they vary. I mean, they, it, it, they vary depending on the complex need of the child because at the end of the day, we want to see the needs of the child. So in some cases, it, it, it is some, some distance away. A few, um, couple of hundred miles, we've heard, in some cases, which is... is, 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 is pretty poor, isn't it? Well, unfortunately, it just depends on the needs of the child, really, and if it means going uh, some miles away, then unfortunately that's where it is. Uh, that's just unfortunate of the needs of the child, unfortunately. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate and it's also, you know, I imagine, I'm trying to put myself in the position of a parent who has to send their kid 200 miles away because their local school that they've championed has, well, has been managed quite poorly. Um. Uh, I can't comment too much on the uh, the management of the school itself. I think we're all fully familiar with the situation there. It has been. They, they muffed up, didn't they? They knew a year ago. They knew a year ago that the school was 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 in serious financial trouble, and they they did very little. Uh, it would appear to turn that around. Uh, I can't comment on uh, what they did or what they didn't do to turn it around. I think we all are familiar with the situation there. Um, it was in special measures, and they did try to improve because they moved to requires improvement. They tried to get some funding to improve. Well, they turned uh, they turned the down some charitable situation. offers as well, didn't they? They turned down turned down a charitable offer from Waitrose to decorate the school. Okay, I mean that's something for the school to comment on. Okay, do, do you do you personally think it was it was managed well? Um, financially, it's, it's clearly it would. Uh, needed better management on the financial side. Uh, I think there's no doubt about that. Um, in terms of uh, information and communication, I think that could have been, could have been, could have been improved. Have the trustees um, spoken to you? The trustees uh, have not directly spoken to me, but they've spoken to the officers uh, at the county council, I understand, and uh, uh, there have been some communications with the officers in terms of how things have been progressing. Your thoughts on the, the fact that the trustees haven't spoken to any of the parents, haven't come on here to speak to the parents, refused to reply to my emails, and are now um, saying they're going to issue a scripted Q and A. Uh, I think that you need to follow that up with the trustees. But no, uh, your, but your views, school. your views on that. Um, in terms of communications, I think that there needs to be better communication between the school and uh, the authorities and everybody else. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, how that's been managed, I think that's down to the school again, how, how they want to manage that. Do you think that you're doing enough, Zahir? Uh, I'm doing as much as I can. I've done uh, quite a lot so far, actually. Um, uh, when I first discovered about this on the 7th, 8th of July, I had a regular meetings with my officers. My officers had kept me. Uh, very well informed, um, and I've, they've been working extremely hard behind the scenes and trying uh, to secure alternative provision. Um, 
I had uh, an email from one of the parents on the Friday of that week, the 7th of July on the Friday, um, that I didn't pick up until the Sunday, and I contacted the parents straight away on the Sunday, and then uh, they told me there's a meeting on the Monday. Um, and I attended that meeting with the parents on the Monday, uh, and, and then I then I attended the meeting yesterday, uh, again, to meet with the parents, show my support, um, and, and try and do what I can uh, to help support mm-hmm. the parents. So I'll, I'm trying to do as much as I can, yeah. really, just to listen there to their concerns and to see how best, uh, as an authority, we can support those children. Okay. So well, I- those children are... Are vulnerable. They need help. Of course, they do. Uh, our, 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 my reporter, my reporters are here. Justin Dealey was at the meeting last night. Justin, you mm. spoke to the parents. You were going to play a clip of one of them now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a, a two-hour meeting, which was again very, very uncomfortable. A lot of tears, a lot of emotion. Um, we're still getting people saying, "Why can't these children go to a mainstream school?" Um, here we have a, a parent who explains why that is not possible. When my daughter left um, a special school. She was placed into a mainstream college with no support. Six months down the line, a boy took advantage of her, raped her, and consequently she had a baby, which now she has no contact with whatsoever. She doesn't want to look at her, she doesn't want to touch her. Four years on, I have now brought that little girl up as my own. I've adopted her and she does call me mummy. But she has no contact with this little girl whatsoever. She doesn't want to know her. And this is because her needs were, were so specialised that nobody was looking after her and therefore the students there at the time took advantage of, of that situation. Yes, they did. I mean, one boy in particular saw my girl, little girl, vulnerable and just did what he wanted to do with her, really. She thought it was love. She should have been protected and she wasn't. She was let down. She was let down very, very badly. How old was your daughter at the time? 16. You tried to get these points across this evening to Councillor Mohammed from Bucks County Council. You burst into tears in that room. I don't think a lot of people had heard that story before. Do you think he took your concerns seriously? No, I don't. I don't think he did. I don't think anybody does I'd, from Bucks. I just think these... Ch- I think... <sighs> They just see these children being thrown into a placement because they're trying to save money. They're cutting corners. They don't care. So you fought so hard to get your son into this school after what happened to your daughter in a mainstream school. Has your son got another placement for September? Will he be going to another school like Penn? No, he's going into mainstream college with support. How scared are you about that? Really scared. Sleepless nights. Hate it, hate the thought of it. I hate the thought that he's leaving Penn because this was a haven for him. This was a family. This was a family unit. Zahir, your response? Um, yeah, I heard uh, the story yesterday. I, I was very disappointed to hear the story. Obviously, my sympathies are with the parents. Um, from what the authority can do, is actually very limited. Um, the school is in financial difficulties. So it's very limited in terms of what the authority can do. Um, the authorities trying to do their best to place the children in alternative provision. Uh, in some cases, it's a specialist needs college. Sometimes it's one or two that actually specialist needs schools. So there, there are places that are going to 
children in specialist provision. Indeed, one parent actually wanted uh, wanted to send their children to child to mainstream education. Oh yeah, of so course, some parents do, but it's, it's not appropriate for a lot of these kids that have got very uh, I- extreme difficulties. Two final questions are here, mm-hmm. then I'll let you go. And I, re- sure. I, I, I really appreciate you coming on this morning because um, I know this not is a problem. tough thing to talk about, and it would be very easy to just say I'm not talking to anyone. So uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Two questions: uh, if, if Penn does stay open. Um, if a, a miracle happens, we believe there is an interested buyer. Can those parents mm-hmm. bring their kids back to Penn, or do they have to reapply? What would the process be? Um, well, this is something that I spoke to one of the parents uh, a couple of weeks ago when, in my first conversation with them. That uh, you know they're looking for somebody to do, take over, part buy, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and my response to them at the time was that um, I want to see something concrete. Uh, I want to see some evidence based that uh, this is really will uh, go through. Um, if that is the case, then I will look at that case and, and make a decision on that basis. So uh, if there is something out there, and so far I haven't seen anything, um, there is a, a talk about offers and, uh, and, and, and this and that, but there ha- hasn't been anything concrete come my way, even in yesterday's meeting, there wasn't really anything there. Okay. So if something does come my way, then it's something that I will consider and uh, uh, hopefully we can try and uh, address. And, um, fi- and finally, Zahi, um, you are, you are the, the Cabinet Member for Education and Skills at Bucks County Council. Uh, it, it, it would appear that at least the headmistress and Steve Baker MP knew the school was going to close down at, at least a month before you did. Are you disappointed they didn't get in touch with you earlier? Um, I think it's, it's again, it's, it's down to the authorities to work out who they want to inform, whether they felt it was important to inform children at that time. Um, they were working very hard to make sure it continues, so maybe they felt it just it's going to cause more distress to parents if they informed everybody at that time. I think that's a decision for them to, to, to work out whether they should or they shouldn't. Um, clearly, if we had information earlier, then we would have worked on that information. Mm. Um, and they would have helped, but um, I think that's the question for Mr Baker and, and, and the school. Zahir, uh, I re- genuinely, I appreciate you coming on this morning. It, it's not an easy conversation to have. Councillor Zahir Mohammed, a Cabinet Member for Education and Skills at Bucks County Council. Justin, final mm. word to you. I was going to say, I mean, fair play to, to him last night for turning up yep. again. Yep. and, and sitting crowd. Yeah, absolutely, for, for an hour or so. Um, I think one of the parents used the term, well, we've beaten you up for an hour or so now. And he faced every single question. He tried to answer those questions. Yep. He came on this morning. And, you um, have to respect that. You've got to respect that. But as I say, more to come later on. We know, according to the head teacher there is one offer yeah. on the table but okay. that deal that fi- well the finances have got to be secured before friday that's the deadline justin dilly thank you very much this is ian lee on bbc three counties radio it's bbc um three counties radio busy busy show this morning oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number is another uh Oh, a very sad story. The family of a 69-year-old woman with learning disabilities who died at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage say her death was avoidable. A coroner found there was a gross failure in the case of Eileen Smith. Eileen's niece, Leslie Dean, and her husband, Keith, say that both doctors and nurses didn't even read a special folder which set out her disability needs. Well, I think both Leslie and Keith join me now. Is that right? Have I got both of you there? Yes, we're both here. Thanks. Good Excellent. morning. Thank, no, no, I appreciate you coming on this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Um, no, that's fine. Tell me, tell me about Eileen. What was she like? Eileen was a lovely lady. She really was nice. Um, <clears throat> she lived most of her life in care, but she had a real outgoing personality. She had a great laugh, which would light up the whole room. She loved her Elvis. 
she. Oh dear, uh, well, oh dear. Well, we're not we're not all perfect. I'm afraid <laughs> we're not all perfect. <laughs> yeah. But, and, uh, yes. What, yeah, and what were her ill. needs? What was what were um? How did her learning difficulties impact on her daily life? Well, she would just sit quietly most of the time during her knitting. She loved to knit. She knit for England, actually. To oh, be honest. Fantastic. Um, and she loved to be with other people. We'd take her out bowling. Um, and to that, uh, she was at Chambers Grove in Wellington Garden, and they had their own team there looking after the clients. It was excellent behaviour for them. They had. Uh, Regularly, they'd have theme nights like that, Elvis nights, or, or country and western nights, and discos and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but herself, yeah, I mean, she would shuffle around, and she could have a very, very limited conversation with her. She was always saying she was okay. That would be a favourite, mm. favourite comment. Um, um, but her needs were fairly, fairly limited. She would, she had these need attention. She wasn't able to express herself or communicate that well. Right. And what that, what, that, that what went wrong? Was, what went wrong, Keith? Well, if you name it, it went wrong, really, basically. Um, it's a matter of where do we start? Um, it's from, it wasn't a matter of like, one person making a mistake, which would be bad enough, but it's like a systematic failure throughout her, her time that she was in, in hospital. She went in basically with uh, vomiting and uh, shortness of breath. And within, I think it was a 12-hour period, her vital signs dropped uh, to such a dangerous level, which they should have been escalated to a doctor. You know, the notes from the bottom of the bed, they were clearly marked. And nothing was done at all whatsoever. Medical records were falsified. Nurses went on a two-hour break on brackets, the busiest night of their careers, which NHS staff seem to accept as, as the norm. Um, blood pressure machines, they say, weren't working. Medical faculty had no blood pressure. Um... More importantly, she suffered from a disability, so she should have a purple folder which goes with her to the hospital. Yeah, explain this purple hospital. folder. Is, is this specifically for people with learning difficulties? And it kind of yes, it, 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 it says what the, what's what's wrong and what they need, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you if you imagine it's almost like a, a talk a workshop manual for your car. Without putting that too crudely, it's a, it's a it's a folder that goes with the patient. Uh, from whether care or whatever place they're in before they come into the hospital and explains their needs, their wants, their communication skills, and more importantly, next of kin, uh, who to contact. So once you've read that, you know, you should be fully aware of what to expect from them and what you can do to, to, to treat them appropriately. Uh, but the hospital didn't use that. In fact, they destroyed it um, oh, after she died and on the grounds that we told them to. Had you told them to? No, of course not. No, of course Absolutely. not. I, I had to ask the question. Well, well, I don't know why on earth we would even consider that because uh, there was been absolutely no need whatsoever. In fact, was the record of her care. Keith, can I can I speak to Leslie? Would that be okay? Yeah, yeah, fine. Leslie's here. Who's Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Hello. Morning, Leslie. Uh, thanks for coming on. You were Eileen's niece. Um, she sounds like a bit of a character. Oh, she was, you know, um, she, she'd laugh and laugh and, and she didn't even know what she was laughing about. And then everybody else would laugh. Beautiful. And she'd cheer everybody up. Um, and it's just an absolute shock, really. And the more, you know, we, we, what happened was I put a complaint in and um, the hospital themselves set, turned it into a serious investigation report. Investigation. So I, I received the report. And I thought, well, I read it, and it was absolutely shocking. There was more stuff in it that, that I realised. 
So I had to do something about so, it. So, Leslie, just go back ever slightly. Why did you put the complaint in then? What was what was the complaint for? And then what did you see in the report that made you think, blimey, this is worse than we thought it was? Well, in the complaint, I had loads of questions, you know, like um, why was she on no fluids for two or three days? Why, you know, where did, was, did her x-rays come from QE2 to Lister? Um, why didn't they call me when she was deteriorating? Mm. Um, the main thing is I wanted to know, did they use a crash team when she had a cardiac arrest? Um, no one could tell me. And they said, oh, someone, the ward said someone would tell me when they... Um, later on in the in the day but nobody did so i kept ringing the ward you know can someone speak to me now and this went on for all week nobody got back to me so in the end i decided i well i've got to actually speak to somebody and i made an appointment to see a doctor um and that was one of the first questions i asked did you use a crash team and he said yes and I said, well, why has it taken three weeks for somebody to tell me that? And he said, I don't know. Um, and in the meantime, I'd written a letter of complaint with loads of other issues. And that's when he said he'd open a serious investigation. But even when I got the report for the serious investigation, I had to then submit that to the coroner. Because that's not an automatic thing, apparently. I, it, you know, if I didn't do it, then the coroner wouldn't know. So I wrote to him, I sent a copy to the coroner, and I said, did you all know all this was going on? And he agreed to have an inquest. So it's, it was... um, I, think, I hope this doesn't sound patronising. I think the two of you are brilliant, because, um, you know, when someone passes, you you kind of want to mourn their, their passing, not get um, yeah. stuck into a load of argy-bargy with a hospital. Um, no, and it's all it's been like the whole year. Yeah. It's just been one big fight and we we, I ha we haven't really grieved for Eileen yet you know because no. it's just all it's all about letters and solicitors and and tr you know the hospital and the stress and the upset and finding out other things and it's just it's just been crazy it Is really it, has. I'm going to say this and I, I realise it's going to sound a bit clumsy and I, I, I hope you get what I'm trying to say is it done for you now and by that I mean this whole kind of you know the, the letter writing emailing stage is it done can you yeah. now move on and and grieve for Eileen I can now I, I finally feel that we have got justice for Eileen um, hopefully the hospital will make changes and follow them through um, I do not want this to happen to any any other disabled person or any vulnerable person and the more people know about it, the better, um, because things in hospitals are going on that we don't know about. And, and if you don't ask questions and if you don't, um, you know, pull them up on a few things, then they get away with it. Um, finally, uh, Leslie, I'm going to be speaking to uh, Angela Thompson, the director of nursing at the Lister Hospital. Is there anything you'd like me to, to, to say to her? Um, just please, please follow the follow through the, the changes and um, just help vulnerable people in hospital. Because it, isn't it's it, really I'm, important. I'm laughing because isn't it sad that we have to stress that? You know, isn't it sad we have to stress help vulnerable people in hospital? You, 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 we put our loved ones in there, we go in there at our most vulnerable, and you would kind of expect that to be the norm. And, and sadly, you know, as, as, as Eileen, Eileen Smith's case proves, it, it's not always, is it? It's 
not at all, no. They're, they're, very, they're, very, they're places where they don't know anybody, especially if they've got no family or, or anything. That's it. That would be even worse, you know. But, and also, they are people, they have feelings yep. and wants, but in a different way. And we're not all the same, you know, and, and people, the hospital and the staff have got to understand disabled people and the fact they can't express themselves, they can't express pain. And um, really, reading between the lines, that's what they have to reading do. Reading between the lines. Listen, uh, it, yep. so, it sounds like Eileen was very lucky to have uh, you and Keith on her side. So um, you Thank should be you very, very proud much. of yourselves and um, you can go on and, uh, you know, mourn yes. Eileen. And I really appreciate you sharing your story with us this morning, Leslie. Thank you. That's okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Leslie and Keith Dean. If someone dies, you just want to, you know, you just want to get on with mourning their death, not get involved in a whole legal minefield. What, 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 what brave people. I realise it sounds patronising when I say that, but I do mean it genuinely. Right, where are we? 7.30, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking busy now on the M1 going south between Luton Airport, Junction 10 and 9 for Redbourne. On the A5 going south at Marquee 8, it's busy between Lynch Hill and the motorway at Redbourne. In Clophill on Bedford Road, that's looking slow between Back Street uh, going into the A507. On the M25, heavy anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40 and around at Junction 19 for Watford. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. An offer has been made to buy a Buckinghamshire special school threatened with closure. Penn School near High Wycombe is set to close at the end of the month and is being run by administrators. Parents met with the head teacher last night. Evidence has been removed from a central London address used by Lord Sewell. He says he won't return to the Lords until police inquiries are completed, but the president of the Lib Dems, Lady Sal Brinton from Hertfordshire, says he should go now. And the family of a woman with learning disabilities who died at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage say her death was avoidable. Lawyers for the family say the coroner's findings recognise that multiple failings in Eileen Smith's care contributed to the cause of her death. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The pre-season football friendlies continue this evening. Watford make the trip to Wales to play Cardiff. The Hornets added new signing number 10 yesterday with Dutch winger Stephen Berghus joining from AZ Alkmaar for a fee believed to be around £4 million. Milton Keynes-Dons host Spanish side Getafe in their first friendly at Stadium MK. The match dedicated to Chief Scout Andy King who passed away at the end of May. Luton hosts Brentford. Still no word from the Hatters on the future of trialist striker Craig McHale-Smith and Wickham are away to Bayes. Stoke. In Formula One, Renault have described the Milton Keynes Red Bull team as high maintenance. It's part of an ongoing spat between the two about the quality of the engines the French team are supplying. Racing's glorious Goodwood gets underway today with a new title. Meanwhile, champion jockey Richard Hughes retires at the end of the five days to switch from riding to training. Here's Cornelius Lysett. Technically, it's no longer glorious Goodwood after a multi-million pound sponsorship deal with Qatar though such a famous name is likely to stick over the five days, during which time Richard Hughes is favourite to be top jockey on a track where he's enjoyed notable successes over the years, particularly with retired trainer Richard Hannon and now Richard Hannon Jr. Hughes retires on Saturday and hopes to saddle runners in the autumn. 
His mounts today include 2p in the feature, the Lennox Stakes, though his best chance could be on Papa Luigi at 4.55. And in cricket, England and Australia complete their preparations at Edgbaston today, ahead of tomorrow's third Ashes test. England's women lost by 89 runs to Australia in their latest one-day international yesterday at Worcester. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at 8. Passiamo noi e la gente ci guarda ed amico un po' ci chiamano i monkeys siamo meno matti di chi si crede più intelligente di noi che la pensiamo così comunque parliamo non è giusto mai che sempre qualcuno che Yeah, I know all the words. I mean, it's I know it phonetically. Whether it's accurate, I don't have a clue. Oh, three four five nine four double five five double five. Did I get the phone number right then? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's bonus, bonus. monkeys. <laughs> why, why are you laughing? I can speak for him. Because you actually know it, but you don't really know what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. No. I don't know what I'm saying, but I know the words. Right, so we're asking this morning if someone knocked, rocked up at your door, knocked on the door, said, Hey, I used to live here. Um, could I come and have a look around? Would you let them in? I did it yesterday, kind of. Um. Wow. <laughs> Who's the heartless texter? Uh, talking about, I'm, I'm guessing 721. Had we had we moved on to the story about Eileen? I think we had at 721, hadn't we? Let me do a refresh. Do a refresh. Oh, because oh, oh, oh. someone's yeah. texted, boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just hope that your aunt uh, does, never dies in, needlessly in hospital. Shame on you, Ooh. 7850. What a horrible person. Don't want you to listen to my show anymore. Bye-bye. My favourite text is the one that was sent in at 631. Um, go on, what was that? Knockers. <laughs> oh, man, alive. I don't send in a text about boring when it's... It's either a story about autistic kids or a disabled woman um, dying needlessly. Either way, you're a heartless... Easy. Easy, tiger. And... Don't want you listening to my show anymore. Um, Ian, how... Oh, we're also asking, do you feel sorry for Lord Sewell? Ian, how can you feel sorry for the Lord? What's his... How can you feel sorry for Lord What's-His-Face for spending our money on drugs and prostitutes? Well, it's not. It's not your money. It's his money. It's his money. It's like saying that I can't spend my money on drugs and, drugs and prostitutes because it's coming from the licence fee. Well, it's my money. I think. Actually, that's not the strongest argument I could have come up with there. <laughs> now I think about it. Uh, 03459 455 5... Whoa, whoa, hey! What's this? Hi, Jack. Look at, look at this. Hi, Jack. Hello. Breaking news. What's breaking what's... news? Uh, Mr. Sewell, huh? just resigned from the Lords. Aye. Just resigned it was, a second ago. It was inevitable. Yep. 
That's now, just literally happened, boss. It was inevitable, and he, he, he you know, it, 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 in crisis management, you're right. Oh, yeah, okay. In crisis management, you know, you, you should have perhaps stepped in immediately and said, "Yeah, I'm out." Mm. But um, I feel really sorry for the geezer. Do you know what? Not, con- not condoning what he did. No. But he did something in the privacy of his bedroom. Yeah. People were paid. Everybody consented. What's it got to do with me? Yeah, I, re- I rarely agree with you, boss, but uh, on this one, true, I have to say, have... I have to say, I'm with you on and this also, one. And also, I heard this point on, I'll, I'll give him credit, on James O'Brien's show on LBC yesterday. We're hearing more in the front pages about Lord Sewell, a man who, who, who had consensual sex with two women consensually, um, than we are about, um, you know, dead or living uh, uh, um, alleged paedophile MPs who've had sex mm. with children. Yeah. You know, that that's kind of tucked away page 12 of the newspapers. And this fella, I, don't, I couldn't care. Listen, can he do his job? Yep, OK, yeah, great. Yeah. I couldn't care less what he gets up to in his bedroom. As long as everyone's there giving their thumbs up. Again, if that's what he wants, thumbs up, then, then beautiful. As long as everyone is there and is happy to be there and is consensual... <laughs> Uh, then fine, I couldn't care less. Nothing said, to do with I'm me. I'm going to put this out there, and some people will hate me for saying this, but it's something which we often go back to with stories yeah. like this, and my street reports will come in a second, but a lot of people, yeah. could they be jealous of the fact that he is earning such a decent well, wage well. and he's got the money to do that sort of thing? Yeah. I'm just putting it out there. Put it out there. Uh, you, speaking about putting it out there, again... He's done that. Mm. Um, you've put it out there on the streets. Yes, um, I've taken this one to the streets asking people, have they got any sympathy for Lord Sewell? Uh, here's what the streets had to say. I do not, mate, at all, no. Tell me why. Um, because a person in that position of power really shouldn't be abusing it to such an extent as he did with, you know, prostitutes. But is he abusing his power? He's paying like anybody else would do. <laughs> and everyone's made mistakes. Yeah, well, they have, certainly, but, it, you know... In certain situations, when you're in a position of power, as I say, you know, he's a politician, he shouldn't be seen to be doing those things. They should be the best of us, they shouldn't be the yeah. worst, if anything. They shouldn't know. be doing things like that? No, certainly not, certainly not. Ill-fitting bra as well, I'd say. <laughs> Madam, have you got any sympathy at all? No, none. Don't we all make mistakes in life? You don't feel sorry for him just a little bit? No. <laughs> Lovely baseball cap, sir. Have you got any sympathy for him? None at all. Come on, tell me why. Haven't we all made mistakes in life? No. Not like that, no. Seeing that photograph at the weekend, what was your first reaction when you saw it? I just thought it was just typical. Man to man, any sympathy from your end? No. People like that should be just kicked out of Parliament. Haven't we all done things in our... Oh, I'm sorry, I pre... Oh. The way this, sorry, I pressed stop right, by mate. mistake. Give, us, give us a little recap of the gentleman at the end. I do apologize. Oh, yeah, he, he was just saying, he was just saying that he's got absolutely no sympathy. It's a shame that you missed the uh, the prince perspective. Oh, he's prince yeah, on there. Yes, yes. Well, because I, of this system, I haven't got a way to jump. Have I got a way no, to no, jump? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I tell you what, we'll do. We'll, we'll play prince a bit later on. But but prince said that he had no sympathy. But strangely, he thought okay. the bra was quite nice. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll clip it. We'll make yeah. sure that gets played a little bit later on. Mm. Thank you, Justin. Sorry, boss. You can go now. Okay, thanks very that's much. What, that's what I'm saying by that. Yeah, Get you. out of my studio! Oh, I'll tell you what. Um, the blokes that sing like girls, please. No problem. <laughs> He's such a plum. I love it. Thank you, mate. Blokes that sing like girls. 0345. I keep giving the phone number out. You don't call anymore. and I'm absolutely fine with that. <clears throat> about to have a baby? Are you about to have a baby, Kels? No, but thank you for asking. Well, you're welcome. Would you like to? No, but thank you for asking. You're welcome. About to have a baby. Why not invite your friends along to watch? Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. 
Once no man would have dreamed of being present in the room as his wife was giving birth. Yeah, you get people, the blokes would be down the pub. Getting boozed up. And you get a phone call in the... It's, it's Stephen! It's your missus on the phone. It's a boy! Drinks all red! Now you've got to be there. Why is the blooming thing popping out? Then opinions changed and the father was expected to be there and share in all the pain and joy. But now it seems that so many people are crowding into the delivery suite you could almost sell tickets. Flipping it. A survey of 2,000 mothers had found that those in their 20s or teens... This is not true. No, this is not true. Um, are taking an average... Um, of eight people into the birthing room with them. Move, move it further down, because I'll play it later. And that doesn't include the midwife or other medical staff. Eight people! Who are you going to take in there? You're, 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 you're the father of the child and say, your husband, how terribly old-fashioned. Carpet Martin sent a very funny tweet. Have you seen that? If you can't slip a young lady a couple of brown notes and party like it's 1999, then what's the point of being a lord? Um, so, you, OK, so the, the father of the child, your mum, maybe, but that I still think that's weird. So that's two, Max, and Max. So that's three. Tops. He's not coming in. Not after last time. Embarrassed himself. Um, the survey conducted by a website said that women now aged in their 60s typically had only their partner alongside the midwife uh, present when they gave birth. Women in their 50s, this is double to two. Siobhan Freegard, founder of the website I'm not going to mention, said the younger generation are used to sharing every aspect of their lives, so why not birth? Have we had, there must be, um, like, pregnancy selfies. There's got to be a selfie, as it's, like, on a self, like, a really long selfie stick. It's coming out! Click! Come in here! I, I took one on, on the operating theatre. Well, well, first of all, you didn't have a baby. Well, I didn't, yeah, yeah. Well, that doesn't, well that... that's why I had my hands free. She was busy, so, you know. I'm confused. Why, what... what's she doing with her hands? Well, she, she because doesn't, she she doesn't need hands a, to have a baby. She was under anaesthetic, so she couldn't actually move. Right, so hang on, who took a selfie? Me. Of what? Of us. Well, that's not a selfie. Yeah, it is. Are you in it? Yeah. Well, that's a selfie then. What's your point? I don't understand I was saying I... I, did, I did a pregnancy selfie. But I, as it was coming out... Well, I couldn't really because the doctors were doing their thing. Thank you. But you don't want that selfie down the business. That's what I'm on. That's what oh, I'm talking. I did, I, pay oh, sorry, attention. When sorry. is Kath back? Sorry. Two weeks. Oh God. It's not me next week though. So thank you. Oh, I know. Oh, oh no. thank goodness. Oh why is no. it? You know, oh. Oh. Well, do you know? Who is it? Yeah, it's Lock, isn't oh, it? Oh, for crying out loud. Um. The research also shows there is a downside to giving birth in front of an audience. Mothers are increasingly refusing to take pain relief because they fear they'll be... What a load of old rubbish! What a load of old guff! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's busy going south on the M1 between Luton Airport Junction 10 and 9 for Redbourne. In Mark 8 on the A5 going south, that's looking busy too on the cameras and the sensors going towards the motorway at Redbourne. At Clophill on Bedford Road, the A6 slow between Back Street and the A507. Coming down onto the M25 on the North Orbital Road, that's looking busy at Junction 21A. On the M25, anti-clockwise, it's busy between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Also anti-clockwise around Junction 
Junction 19 for Watford. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Tom. Clicking on the button for the news. 7.46, it is Tuesday the 28th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. According to the headmistress of Penn School, an offer has been made to buy the special school in Buckinghamshire, which is set to close on Friday. In the last few minutes, Lord Sewell has resigned from the House of Lords following claims he snorted cocaine with prostitutes. And the family of a woman with learning disabilities who died at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage say her death was avoidable. Let's get the weather here, Sarah! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Yes, we've got some uh, sunny spells starting to develop across the three counties at the moment. Actually, it looks like some parts have still got quite a bit of cloud, but there are some nice breaks in Bedfordshire and starting to arrive in Buckinghamshire as well. Uh, So things are improving and actually we're set to have a dry day today with a top temperature somewhere up in the high teens, 17, 18 Celsius, something of that order, slightly tempered by the breezy westerly winds. So it's sunny spells and generally dry for the rest of the day today. You might catch a late evening shower. Tomorrow, very similar actually, although we get a northwesterly wind setting in for tomorrow and that northwesterly wind will just make it feel even a smidge cooler at 16 or 17 degrees. In the middle part of the afternoon, we'll run the risk of a couple of showers coming through as well and uh, actually they will move through quite quickly. Thursday, Friday and Saturday, we've got pressure building across the west of the UK uh, so as high pressure builds in, kills off the threat of any showers. The winds become lighter, more favourable direction from the south and southwest. So warming up a little towards the weekend and dry and fine at 19 or 20 Celsius. Thank you very much indeed. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. So when I was on, uh, uh, we went away the other day and there was, it was on a farm and there was an honesty shop in the farm. Do you know what an honesty shop is, Kelly? Yes. What is it? It's um, where they sell honesty. Correct. Yeah. Thank you. But also, there's another type of honesty shop, one where you go in and you, you write down what you're going to take, and then you set you settle in, or you, you settle it at the end of the week. Uh, w. H. Smith did it for a while with their newspapers, and then they stopped doing it. Do you know the, why they stopped doing it, Kelly? Theft. Exactly. Because we're not an honest nation. I may or may not have um, added um, some chicken fillets to the honesty list in this shop. I don't know. I don't remember. Crazy days. Well, a woman in Toddington is warming people uh, uh, that, uh, um, well, let, let's get let's get it uh, from uh, the horse's mouth, no disrespect. It's Mary Ann Smith. Morning. Uh, now, is it Mary or Mary Ann? I always get confused when there are so many first names. Uh, it's Mary Ann. Mary Ann, thank you. Now, you yeah. run uh, Country Blooms Florist in Toddington. What happened? Um, well, we had, um, we had like an honesty box outside with our free-range eggs that we produce. Well, not personally, but chickens produce. Gosh, that would be something, and, uh, it? <laughs> and basically on Sunday, um, I went out. We don't open on a Sunday. So I went out on Sunday afternoon. It was only gone for about an hour. When I came back, looked on the trolley and um, all our eggs were stolen. So I looked in the box and there was 50 pence in there. So um, somebody obviously was... And how many, how many eggs had they nicked? Uh, about five, five or six trays. Um about five fifty a tray, and a, and a few loose boxes that was on there as well. Oh, flipping heck! 
You got no idea. You got no idea who did it. You, you got. I don't suppose you put CCTV on your honesty eggs. Yeah, have you? we did. We did. We did have CCTV. We could oh. see the car pull on and two guys get out and help themselves and drive off. Basically. Oh, oh what well, so. utter scumbags! Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've put this out on uh, what on Facebook and um, I, I hate to yeah. say the SM word. You put these out on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. Have you had any response? Any anybody um, been able to help? Well, we're just. Basically, people like saying, you know, it's such a shame, and you know, local customers that come in and buy them, you know, just, you know, it's just horrible, really, that people could just help themselves. So, I mean, it wasn't any, I didn't recognise the people that did it. I think they were just passing through the village and just took the opportunity to help themselves. Are you going to keep putting your eggs out the front, or are you going to put keep them in the back now? Uh, Definitely keep them out the front. You're still going to carry on. Yeah, yeah, because um. I mean, I've got lots of uh, local customers and my neighbours that come along and buy them. So, um, perhaps might not put out so many <laughs> at yes. one time. Yeah. But um, you know, it's, it you know, like it's all part of the community sort of spirit that we all that people come along and they are honest people. That's not what happens. I think once before I lost a few extra ones, but most of the time. Majority of people are. Is, what are you going to do with two hundred eggs? Because if you eat that many eggs <laughs> in, in, in a weekend, you're going to get egg bound. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, Mary Ann, listen, you keep you keep on um, putting your eggs on display and hoping people put um, you know put a tip in your box. That's that's all we can hope for. Um, uh, outrageous behaviour. Outrageous behaviour. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. So Lord Sewell has resigned, and here's the thing. Here's the thing, dear listener. I think he is wrong to have resigned. It was inevitable he was going to. Inevitable that um, he would be forced to. I think it's wrong that he's resigned. He should have come out and said, "Do you know what? I did this right. I paid for this. It was a little bit naughty, but I did it in the privacy of my bedroom." I mean, the the worst the worst scandal, if if the word scandal could be applied to Lord Shule, that I can see is uh, that he's got a wife, and you know what a way for a wife to find out that her husband's not everything he claims to be. That's where the real sadness is. But in the great scheme of things, a man um, paying two women to have it away and do drugs, were, were they all there willingly? Yeah. Did anyone get hurt? Only if they asked for it. Cheeky. Does it impact on my life in any way whatsoever? Not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. It has it has no impact on my life. I couldn't care less. Can he? Is he good at his job? He's all right, is he? Brilliant. Let the fella keep doing it. I don't get. I don't get where the impact is in my life. I'm going to put this out there, Lord Sewell. I've got nothing but sympathy for the man. Um, And I don't think he should be out of a job. I think he should still be in his job being a... I mean, being a lord's not a proper job, actually, is it? Come think of it. 03459 455 555. I think uh, that it's bang out of order that he's uh, he's lost his job. Um, um, Oh, yeah, now this is interesting. I can't work this out either, Sue. Where the hidden camera came from? Who put the um, the hidden camera in there? It must have been one of the prostitutes. I'm kind of angry with the prostitute because she has betrayed um, his trust. He's literally bought her trust and she's gone, yeah, okay. While you're off going to the toilet, I'm just going to put this clock 
on your mantelpiece and uh, you just keep to it when you're when we're when we're having it away could you just make sure you keep facing the clock just so we know what the time is because we're on the meter so um we'll have a little look come on guys uh, and, and ladies you must all feel nothing but pure sympathy for um for lord Shaw. he's been stitched up like a kipper oh three four five nine four double five five double five or you can text eight one three double three Start your text 3CR. Excuse me. Here comes my theme song. There once was a wealthy man who had a wonderful idea To bring children from all places with all kinds of faces Together into a sailing ship there were 40 boys and girls They would sail their ship around the globe so they called it The United Just three weeks from shore when a hurricane bore down The waves were big as mountains They felt they would surely drown They jumped into the lifeboats Rode away from the wreck They didn't count them, they hadn't time Five children were left behind The children fought the storm all night Then finally fell asleep They didn't realize the ship had been blown across a reef into the lost islands. But hiding in the bushes was a watchful pair of eyes, and living in the valley were people lost in time, ruled over by a tyrant whose face was in a mask. The children must defeat him so they can escape at last from the lost Uh, who's that tweeting? Is it Scott that's tweeted that? My favourite element to the Seal story is that he paid one of the prostitutes with a cheque. I mean... <laughs> I think, if anything, that shows how out of touch the Lords are. With a cheque? I got asked to write a cheque, to send a cheque the other day. And I think, where the flipping hell is my chequebook? I've got no idea where my chequebook is. Turns out it's in the plastic box in the airing cupboard with all the like stuff we don't use anymore and some cables. The checkbook was in there. Who the hell uses checks anymore? And I, the, the fact when I wrote this check, it was about three months ago. It took me three attempts because I couldn't remember how to write a check. I couldn't remember where you put the. Uh, do, where do I do I write the name here? Then you've got to put the only. At the end, the lines muffed that bad boy up. Muffed it up big time, mate. I was, I, I was, it was an awful situation to be in. Seriously, it was. I've never been in a worse situation than when it's, it took me seven minutes to try and write a check. Felt terrible. It's like this contact list. I don't get the contact list right. And you go, and the number of times they've got a contact list machine, and you stand there holding it, and they go, oh, "No, we, we don't have contact list." You've got a contactless machine. Why would you? No. So you stood there going. Oh. So now I find myself tapping it, going, "Does this work?" And I said, "No." You got to put it in. Well, why have you got the machine? And then you've got to cover this. Really, um, it, it it angers me. It violently angers me. Whoever that is, put them straight through. Just whack them straight through. Just put them through, even if they're a racist. 
<laughs> like that stops us putting anybody through. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Mark, what you got? You're not a racist, are you, Mark? No, no. That's, that's um, a shame. Never mind. What you got? You're talking about this law now. It doesn't affect you. Yeah. It it does affect you. How? He helps make up our laws. Right. He contributes to making the laws in the, right. of this country. So how does him taking cocaine and having sex with two prostitutes affect me? First of all, he's breaking the law. Which law has he broken? Well, you're not supposed to take cocaine, are you? What, do you're you know, you know, you know for a you know you're not supposed to buy the stuff, are you? Well, do you know for a fact it's cocaine because no one does. And it's all very it's all alleged at the moment. I don't know. We're going by what all the press today. Well, I, I, you have to question everything's in the press. We mm-hmm. don't know. We don't know that he's taking cocaine. There's a picture of him snorting some powder. It might be cocaine. We don't know. And also, well, then, him then, taking then, cocaine. Then bring the press to task as well to prove it. He's done what? Bring the press to task to prove it. Well, well. You know, why should they be able to put all this out if they can't? Well, can't let's be focus. Proved. Let's focus on Lord Shaw. Let's worry about the sun. That's another phone in. Him taking cocaine. How does that impact on my life? He's making up, he, look, so you would be quite happy for him to be dosed up and go into the commons and be making well, there, But there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no, I love your phrase, dosed up. There's no, um, no one's suggesting he's dosed up when he goes into the House of Commons or the House of Lords. Yeah, but, yeah, but the thing is... Why does it, let's be very specific, Mark, why does him taking cocaine in his flat on his own time have any impact on my life whatsoever? Right, it, it impairs their judgment. No, no. Matter, look, you, 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 you get you get these medical people on and so Doctors. forth. This stuff does not wear out your system overnight. Yeah, okay, but but not, but, like, not like drink. I mean, drink. You know, maybe forty-eight hours and it's pretty much out of your system. But like when you have all this sort of stuff, it makes your judgment. Wrong. Well, how, well, no, it, well it, uh, Mark, with the greatest respect, and I've, I've, I appreciate you calling, Mark. Do, we'll, do call again. Um, I don't think. It, well, it, we don't know when he was next in. We don't know when he was next voting on anything. I, I, I don't understand why an old man taking cocaine in his flat. It sounds a bit sad to me. I feel a bit sorry for the geezer, but why? Does that have an impact on my life? Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. I say it now. Lord Shule should not have been kicked out of his job. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Queues coming into London on the A40. There's a lane blocked because of a breakdown after the Medway underpass. It's busy from the Swakley's roundabout uh, back past RAF North Holt. The M25 anti-clockwise heavy between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Tom, thank you very much indeed. Someone's tweeted, um, if you believe, uh, texted, if you believe no one was hurt by this former Lord's action, you probably missed the part where he said disgusting things about Asian girls. I did. I'm going to look that up. But again, if he said it in the privacy of his own flat, does, does that have an impact on me? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Lord Sewell resigns, offer made for Buckinghamshire Special School and lawyer hopes Stevenage Hospital will apologise over woman's death. BBC's Three Counties Radio. In the past half hour, Lord Sewell has announced he's leaving the House of Lords after the allegations he took drugs with prostitutes. He's apologised for the pain and embarrassment he's caused. Robin Brandt is at Westminster. That is a very unusual step. It's something that uh, members of the House of Lords haven't been able to do until very recently. Recently, but the pressure on Lord Saul has been immense since those, since those revelations were made in the Sun on Sunday about drug use and prostitutes. So he was on uh, an extended uh, absence uh, from this place while these allegations were being investigated. But as I said, the pressure has been immense. An offer has been made to buy a Buckinghamshire special school threatened with closure. Penn School near High Wycombe is set to close at the end of the month and is being run by administrators. Parents who have criticised the role of the school's trustees met with the head teacher last night. Head Mary Richardson was able to give them the latest update from the administrators. There are still six interested parties, but only one offer. And that's being negotiated at the moment. The word that she used was that talks were progressing. I'm certainly very happy. It's given us a lot of hope. And we're just hoping that on Friday... An offer will, a firm offer will be accepted. Legal experts say a landmark Court of Appeal ruling in favour of a Hertfordshire woman has dealt a major blow to the rights of people to choose who they want to leave money to in their wills. Heather Eilert from Ware has been awarded £164,000 from the estate of her mother, even though she clearly stated she didn't want Mrs Eilert to get a penny. A senior manager in the NHS from Attenbrook's Hospital in Cambridge has spoken of his frustration at having to recruit large numbers of nurses from abroad. Figures from the UK's nursing regulator show the recruitment of overseas staff is rising, with most foreign nurses now coming from other parts of the European Union. The family of a woman with learning disabilities who died at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage say her death was avoidable. Lawyers for the family say the coroner's findings recognise that multiple failings in Eileen Smith's care contributed to the cause of her death. Lawyer Mary Varney says the hospital trust has yet to apologise to the family. Although we welcome the changes that the trust has made and the, uh, there is no doubt that Eileen's legacy is that patients are safer uh, at the Lister Hospital... Uh, I'd like to see them take them step uh, as a real acknowledgement uh, of the harm that they caused. Network Rail say two options have been identified for a proposed Bedford to Cambridge rail link, one via Hitchin, the other via Sandy. It says they offer the best value for money at this stage and more work will be done to choose one preferred option before actual routes are planned. In sport, pre-season football friendlies continue this evening. Watford make the trip to Wales to play Cardiff. Milton Keynes-Dons host the Spanish side Getafe in their first friendly at Stadium MK. Luton hosts Brentford and Wickham are away to Basingstoke. The weather, sunny spells, still the risk of a shower. A maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. So I'm going to put it out there, Lord Sewell is, I'm not going to say one of the most honourable people, but um, when was the last time you saw someone fall on their sword? I don't mean, you make your own jokes up, you mucky pups. I don't think we actually saw anyone fall on his sword, but...
He's, he stood up and said, you know what, I got busted, I did wrong, I've resigned. Um, I think you've got to respect that, haven't you? I have nothing but... I have primarily sympathy for Lord Shaw. He's been stitched up like a kipper. 03459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to talk about that. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Okie dokie doggy daddy. Parents at Penn School have been told an offer has been made to save the school. This is despite me getting an email from the administrators last night at eight minutes past seven saying an offer hadn't been made. It's all very, very confusing. Justin, there was a meeting last night. You were yeah. there. What happened? I was indeed. Um, the administrators, Deloitte, were not present at this meeting at the school. Um, it was just the parents and surprise, surprise, no trustees. Mm. Now, the head teacher was there, Mary Richardson. Uh, she spoke to me afterwards and she explained about this deal, which apparently is on the table. So we were told last week from the administrators that there were five interested parties. Of those five, one of them has made an offer. Which completely contradicts the email I yep. got last night, which well, is, is, is confusing. She had a list. conference call with Deloitte, and they confirmed to her and some of the members and staff there that uh, this offer is definitely on the table. However, they need until Friday to secure the funds. Otherwise, the school will unfortunately close. So that's the very latest. Lots of parents there, lots of emotion. Here's what one parent had to say last what night. What about your child in September? Have you got a placement yet? No. Nothing. I've got to look at facilities that are currently closed with no students. Well, I think I'm expected to accept something that is not working and functional. Tell us what happened to your child when he went to a mainstream school. He was bullied. He was called really horrible names referring to his disabilities and differences. Can you tell us what those names were? Yeah, it was spastic and retard because he attended a communications base in a mainstream school setting, secondary. You explained that this evening to the council about why your child simply cannot go into a mainstream school. Do you think those concerns were taken seriously? No, absolutely not. Justin, stay there because you're waving an email at me. We're going to come to that in a second. Mm. This story is just is just going on and on and, and, and keeps shifting as, 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 as we talk about it. Uh, but the chair of uh, the meeting last night and uh, a parent of one of the kids that goes to the school is Amanda Burgess. Amanda joins me now. Morning, Amanda. Good morning. Um, what was the meeting? What did you hope to achieve with the meeting last night? Oh, well, we hoped, we hoped to get an update on, on where the position is. We, we knew De- Deloitte weren't coming because they'd already um, informed us of that. Um, but we were hope- we'd had some email correspondence with them that I was able to feed back. And I'm really surprised at the email you received from the trustees to say there is no offer because Deloitte had informed us that there was an offer on the table. There were five interested parties of which one had withdrawn. OK. Let me just read this out because I've got an email that sent at eight minutes past seven last night from Lee from Deloitte. So I won't give his last name. Right. Uh, he, he says, Nothing has been sold to any third party, nor is any of the land or buildings under offer. We're still trying to find someone who's prepared to buy the school as a going concern. Uh, there are restrictive covenants on the land. That contradicts what you've been told. That, that does, which is a bit surprising. So, and also... 
um, you know, we, we have the minutes that Mary went through yesterday saying that there was an offer on the table. So we believe, we know there are interested parties. I was yeah. contacted by somebody completely separately over the weekend um, and they are seriously looking at it. They haven't made an offer yet. There's nothing on the table, but they are seriously looking at it. And, um, you know, there is still hope. And while there's hope, we're still going to fight. Okay. Um, because Deloitte's a bit. Uh, the, I, I, I wrote an email yesterday to um, um, is it is Kerry McLeish, isn't it, the one of the trustees? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, and I literally begged her to come on the show. I begged her to come on the show. I said she could have all morning if she wanted. Uh, she didn't reply. Uh, Hugh Forsyth, another one of the trustees, when my colleague Sophie Solaria phoned um, his home, spoke to his wife, she said, oh, I'll just get him. Hugh, it's a phone call, it's BBC Three Counties. And Sophie heard, being shouted down the stairs, I have no interest in ever speaking to BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay. Um, so the, the trustees, you know, <laughs> they're, they're going to issue, they've said, a uh, scripted question and answer. They're going to put it on the Penn School website. So they're going to set the questions, they're going to answer the questions. No, well, that's wonderful. I mean, that was my response. <laughs> wonderful, yeah. I mean, apart from the fact nobody's looking at the website anyway because it just says the school's gone into administration, so nobody will look at that website anyway. So that's pointless. Um, I mean, to be honest, I also emailed both of those trustees. I mean, don't just highlight those two trustees. There are an awful lot more of them. You're absolutely right. Very, yep. very quiet. Yeah. And Kerry, to her credit, is a new trustee. She's only been there a matter of months. And she was brought in, I think, right at the end. And uh, she has tried to help and she has communicated with me directly. Well, that's great that she's communicated with you. And she said that she will... Oh, we've got some questions over the financial accounts and, and she's going to work on that and come back with some answers. Well, this is what I want to bring, want to bring Justin into the conversation because yeah, there there's yeah. a question um, over £800,000, isn't there, Justin? What's but this There about? is, and maybe Amanda can explain this for us as well because we have actually got a response on this. Um, you were talking there about the, uh, the financial accounts. Can, can you tell us exactly... What what you've looked into? Well, we've we've been looking at the with the public statement of accounts that are logged with the Charities Commission, and it shows that there at the end of the financial year 2014, there were financial reserves in the trust of about 1.5 million. However, it also showed that there were creditors, the people that were owed money, of around 700,000. So obviously the difference there um, is around 800,000. So we wanted just to find out and get some answers as to to what has happened in the last year and, and what... Because if you looked at those accounts, you would think the trust yeah. was in a fairly OK financial um, position. I, I have to say, of course, I have to say, we're not on any way at the moment suggesting that anything uh, as, uh, not dodgy has happened or mm -hmm. that, that, was, that, that there is anything... Um, there is any foul play. We just want to know where that money is. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, and th this is the email I've got here. So you're talking about £800,000. Uh, as Ian was saying, you simply want to know um, what's happened to that. How's it been spent uh, since last year? I, I put that question to Deloitte last night on yep. an email. Uh, they responded at 7.15 this morning saying they are going to look into okay. this and get back to us. So that there is some form of update there as to uh, that £800,000 and what's happened to it since April 2014. Uh, Amanda, it feels... Um to me, slightly more optimistic than it did a week ago. Would you agree? To be honest, it changes day by day. Yeah. One day we feel, yeah, there's some hope. The next day we think it's all lost again. I mean, it was really heartening to hear Dominic Grieve speak this morning um, because hopefully he can raise this as a national issue. It is a national issue. This is a really important school 
for children across the whole country, not just in Buckinghamshire and the local um, authorities. It's a really important school to all children and future children with speech, language, deaf, communication needs. It's, um, um, it's, it's interesting, so, isn't it, Amanda, that, that, that Dominic Grieve, who, 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 the, the school isn't in his constituency, has been talking to parents and has been talk- more than happy to come on and talk to us. And Steve Baker, the MP for High Wycombe, where the school is based... Um, doesn't want to talk to um, uh, uh, us again, and we still don't know if he's spoken to any of the parents. Um, well, no, exactly. I mean, he, he did email me eventually after last week, um, and he wouldn't speak to me, but my own MP then telephoned me and we had a conversation, Good. but that was more around supporting me to find a new placement yeah. for my school. He's not able to help me to save Penn. Where Steve Baker, if you read anything he's put in the media, it's his negative. Whereas Dominic Grieve was really positive this morning. Okay, he's he's realistic, I would yeah, say. Yeah, realistic. Yes, I'll give you that. Supportive in the right way, and he understands the need of this school. And that was really fantastic to hear that. Um, and I also really pleased um, Councillor Mohammed. I came on the radio today. You know, we gave him a a hard time yesterday as parents. We had lots of questions, and we're going to be emailing him later today with a whole list of other questions that we want him to take back to Bucks officers um, because they're still missing the point. They're all focusing on being supportive and finding placements for our children, but they don't need to find placements. There is a place there. They just need to find a way of saving pen or extending this day of execution so we can all look properly and not okay. like the other mum said look at schools now that are closed how can you judge where your child can go if the building is shut up for the summer it's ridiculous and and, and i think at some point somebody's got to get realistic about this all right amanda listen we, we will keep talking thank you very much indeed the text uh, whose phone number ends seven seven eight five oh jog on <laughs> jog on you sad sack <laughs> Second time we've done this story this morning. Second text they've sent in boring. Well, do you know what? Jog uh, on, if, loser. That, 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 person, to my show. that person, go back and listen on the iPlayer yeah. to the parent we heard from earlier on because yeah. it was too graphic to play at this time. Go back and listen to that uh, because we're that, talking no, about... No, 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 that no person do it. Won't get, that person won't get it. That person's well, a do. selfish idiot that just wants me to sit here and talk about... Um, what, what have you turned your seven-inch records into? Have you ever, which actually is quite a good phoning. Jot that down. We'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> what have you turned your seven... Have you, have you made a bowl? If you, yeah. if you could turn... Uh, here we go, actually. This is yeah, quite good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for this. <laughs> if you could turn any seven-inch record mm. into uh, a bowl... Yeah. Which record would you would you use and what would you eat from uh, it? I'll tell you what, how about... Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Thank you. Rupert Holmes, the Pina Colada song. Oh, yeah, come on. I listened to the lyrics of the Pina Colada song. Genius. Because it, it's about, it starts off. You hate the guy. Yeah. You hate the guy because he's 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 cheating on his wife, mm. right? Because he's got he's got bored with his lady. Yeah, yeah. Right. So he meets this other meets this person in the thing. You know who it turns out to be. Come on. It's his lady who put the advert. <laughs> what an unhappy, dysfunctional relationship those two are involved in. Stitched. The peanut. The, the what's it called? It's the peanut colada Thank song. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Um, what song would I? And what would you have? What would you eat in it? Would you, would you have a peanut colada? Uh, in no. It? Do you know what the new beats? Bread and butter. And what would you eat in it? Um, I would put my um, I would put my bread and butter in that bowl. Phones are actually going mental for this. All right. Mm. Oh, okay. In that case, if I if I had to uh, seven inch record and into a bowl. Um, oh, musical youth past the duchy. Get in there. And I'd use it for my dog ends. <laughs> no, <laughs> I wouldn't. I would yeah. use it. I would use it for uh, my rice and pea and thing. Yeah. yeah. Legend. Oh, three, oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. If you had to melt a record into a bowl, which record would it be? And what would you eat from it? 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Going into London on the A40, there's a lane blocked because of a breakdown there. That's just before the Medway underpass. There are queues from the Swakesley's roundabout in Uxbridge. The M1 going south, that's heavy between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. The A1M coming south as well. That looks slow around the Stevenage Junctions, 8 to 7. Chesant on the A10, it's slow uh, coming into the M25 at Enfield, Junction 25. On the M25, anti-clockwise, you'll find that's heavy between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catch me if you can. Thank you very much, Tom. Where are we now? 8.17. It's Tuesday, the 28th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Lord Sewell has announced he's leaving the House of Lords after the allegations he took drugs with prostitutes. An offer has been made to buy Penn Special School in Buckinghamshire, which is set to close on Friday. And the family of a woman with learning disabilities who died at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage say her death was avoidable. Every weekday from three. The East of England Ambulance Service are urging us to stay safe in the heat and take sensible precautions. Barry is in Bedford. Hi, Barry. Hi, Rob. Right, I've got a little story about bad breath and it's quite embarrassing, really, but uh, I do Don't, suffer don't be embarrassed. Roberto Peroni. Yes, yeah, we kiss them and cut oh, them. Oh, no, and you don't kiss neck. an animal. Yeah. No. Yes. So you've started an online petition to raise money to pay the Greek debt. Oh, that's right. Um, I was fed up with um, politicians going round in circles and I thought, you know what, let's just crack on and let's see if we can do something here. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three okay. on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Tim's in for uh, Jonathan. What have you got yes. for us today, Tim? Uh, Avalon 7-inch, and I'll just fill it with some lasagna. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, by, by the way, for those being pedantic, uh, if it were a liquidy-based food, of course, of course we plugged the hole up. Of course we would. Course that, goes, would. that goes without saying. Yeah, Schoolboy. Schoolboy. Um, yes, at nine o'clock in uh, for JVS with the big phone-in. Uh, it's one of the, the uh, most read stories online today. It's a local story. It's my big phone-in. Was it right for a judge to change the will of a woman who left her money to animals and not her daughter? Oh. A, a woman from Hertfordshire has been awarded £164,000 after a judge made changes to her late mother's will. The uh, deceased Melita Jackson died in 2004, leaving nearly £500,000 to three animal charities, the Blue Cross, the RSPB, and the RSPCA and she had actually made it quite clear at the time she didn't want to leave any money to her daughter (laughs) whatsoever however since her death her daughter Heather Eilott who lives in Ware has been fighting to get the will changed arguing her mother had unreasonably excluded her from the will and now a judge has decided that Heather's mum Melita did not make reasonable provision for her and the court has awarded her a payment of £164,000 so my question to you is was it right for a judge to change the will of a woman who left her money to animals and not her daughter? That's going to be a good one. I hope so. Uh, I would. Um, I mean, I take the money from the RSPB. They're birds. I mean, what, do, <laughs> what do they need really? Yeah, Twigs, rubbish, isn't it? sparrows, Twigs and, and stuff. Yeah. But I'd, I'd, yeah, the rest of the money should have gone to the animals. Dogs and cats. Dogs and cats. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, well, the show's really cooking now. Uh, if you had to. I'm making myself laugh with the genius of this. If you had to uh, melt a record into a bowl, you often see it in arts and craft shops or Camden. Um, which record would it be? What would you eat from within? Uh, Carpet Martin says, Wigfield, Saturday night, filled with a hula hoops cocktail, salt and vinegar and cheese and onion. Hashtag Maverick. Also talking about Lord Sewell. Um, well, he's resigned. Um, I feel sorry for the fella. Morning, Dave. Do you feel sorry for him? Yeah, I do, actually. What you do in the privacy of your own home is your concern. 
And that's the point, isn't it? He's not he's not gone around fiddling with little boys, you know, which we know we know a lot of other people have done. He's paid two women to go and have sex with him. He's he snorted something. As someone says, we don't know if it's cocaine. It could be a legal high. We, uh, you, uh, and even if it was cocaine, where's the impact on my life? Exactly, and I bet I can get all your callers on this one. Go on. Um, ten years ago, it was an illegal. It was illegal to watch a triple X movie in the privacy of your own home. It was actually not allowed. How many people have done that? Oh, blimey, Dave! I'm in. Tr- Stay there, Dave. I want to bring Sheila. Morning, Sheila. Good morning. Do you feel sorry for Lord Sewell? No. Well, tell tell us why not. Uh, well, I would assume, perhaps I shouldn't, that he's done this before. Um, and also, uh, what would uh, be my thought is the possibility of so being black- blackmailed at, de- at dealing with drugs and prostitutes. So, so, what, so what if he's done it before? What, how does that impact on your life? Um, it doesn't mind too much, but it's impacted on your life. Uh, how? Hasn't it? Well, because you've got this great conversation going. Well, you... yeah, but it's not had it. Okay, it's, it's okay. So, so far, Lord Sewell has only had a positive impact on my life. Yeah, for you. I don't know about other people, but it would worry me about the fact that maybe um, he something else might come out and then there might be blackmail and he's in a position where he might be able to help other people when he shouldn't be. Dave, it's, it's an interesting point. I mean, the Profumo affair was all based on blackmail and, and things like that, wasn't it? And, and people saying stuff they shouldn't have said. Exactly. But it, what, as I said, what you do in the privacy of your own home, and everybody's done something a little bit naughty in the privacy of their own home and doesn't discuss it. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't really see where, where, the, where the case is. All right. Uh, 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 thank you very much indeed, Dave. Sheila. Dennis is in Dunstable. Dennis, do you feel sorry for Lord Sewell? Not in the least. I would... He deserved what he got. Well, he paid for what he got. Doesn't matter what he got. He was an idiot for first place. Well, he may have been an idiot, but the, but you can't you can't lose your job for being an idiot unless, of course, you're, a, a, if you're in Parliament. He's supposed te- to be setting an example, and if that's the sort of example what? he wants to set, God help us. Why? Because he's he's setting an example. Why? Like why? I, well, I didn't realise that he was supposed to be a role model. Of course he is. Why? He shouldn't have been there in the first place. Well, well yeah, but he, listen, what what people do in the privacy of yes. their, their own home, yes. it's, it's everyone's consenting. It's got nothing to do with me. I know it doesn't. It isn't, but as, as in this case, he's supposed to be a representative of the people, right? Right, and well, he's representing... Loads of people do this. He is repre- yeah, he's well, representing. He's, he's not representing me, right? What? So I say he's an idiot. He got caught out twice... I, I, well, I'm not going to argue with. I, I, I'm not going to argue with you calling him an idiot. No, okay? right. he, he probably is an idiot. But, 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 but I would suggest. I would suggest. Here we go. Lord Sewell yep. has got is more honourable than the majority of MPs and lords. Yes, I don't. I quite agree with you. Then we should. Then he's being an excellent inspiration. No, he's not. He's 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 resigned. How many times do MPs and lords and people, high-profile figures, saying that high-profile? I'd never heard of him. High-profile figures drag out things, and it wasn't me, Gov. Nothing to do with me, Gov. Two days after this story broke, he's resigned. Well done, fella. I don't think he should have resigned, oh. but what a great inspiration and a great example to set to the uh, to set to young people. He was. They made it quite clear to him, if you stayed behind, he'd be a nobody. So he's gone. I don't know what that means, Dennis, but thank you very much uh, indeed. 03459 455 555. Um, 
I, I, I don't see how him what he did has any impact on my life whatsoever. Um, there's a text here. Sam says, um, I have no sympathy for a man who feeds underground sex rings by paying prostitutes. No prostitute wants to have sex. Um, I would dispute that, Sam. Having spoken to... Um, who's that prostitute we spoke Madam Becky and other people... I think there are some prostitutes that want to do it. I, 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 and I'm not in any, I'm, I'm, they may be in the minority. I don't know. There are lots and lots of women and men who are exploited and who are trafficked and who are forced into sexual uh, um, uh, labour that they do not wish to undertake. And I'm not condoning that in the slightest. But to say that no prostitute enjoys it, I think, is, is, is um, slightly uh, inaccurate. Margaret's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Margaret. Oh, hello. Um, I think we should give the bloke a medal. I mean, if that's all the dirt they can find on him, he hasn't been fiddling with children, um, he hasn't murdered anybody, he hasn't um, fiddled his taxes. I'm sure if he was doing any of that, they would have found that. If that's all the dirt they can find on him, I mean, look at the people he mixes with in Parliament. They probably tried to persuade him to do some right dodgy things. And if that's the only thing they found him to do... Give the bloke a medal. And I'm not, and I, for, I'm not for one second, Margaret, saying I condone or approve or, or, or disapprove of what he did. He, he did it in the privacy of his own home. Has no impact on my life whatsoever. Couldn't care less. And I feel sorry for him because we've all done, you know, we've all got weird things that get us go. We've all done odd things or things that we wouldn't... Imagine a picture of you, Margaret, on the front page of all the newspapers in an ill-fitting... Well, well, I don't know, Margaret. I'm sure you're... But imagine that. You walk into your newsagents and you're on the front page of the newspaper in your pants and you're on you're on um, daytime television in your pants and you're in your... It, it's humiliating, isn't it? No-one deserves that. Well, the thing is, where he works, it's a cesspit of, cesspit of corruption. And if that's all he's tainted with... Well, you don't seem such a bad bloke, does he? Margaret, thank you very much indeed. There we go. Do you feel sorry for Lord Shield? I put forward the idea that actually he's been a bit of a numpty. And we all. And we all, really. Haven't we? Um, but what, what a shining example he set to the youth of today. He got caught. Within two days, he put his hands up and went, I'm really sorry, I resign. How many other lords and MPs and public figures... And councillors, councillors, flipping it, that drag it out for months. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Glenn's in Woburn. Morning, Glenn. Good morning. How are you? Um, I'm all right, Glenn. Thanks to an angry texture who doesn't like us um, championing um, autistic children who've um, been, you know, shafted. Um, we've come up with a genius phone-in. If you had to melt a record into a bowl, what would that record be? And what would you well, eat mine, from within that bowl? Well, mine would be all the Adamant singles. Oh, so man. I have a set. Yeah. And I'd eat hot chilli, because I cannot stand that any of his music. Hang on a second. Sorry, mate. It's, it's not a great line. Sorry. For a second, I thought you said you cannot stand any Adamant music, but you couldn't have said that, because he's the guy's a legend. What did you actually say? I did say that. I don't like Adamant. I've never liked him. So I'd meant, if I had those records, which I haven't, I'd melt them up into dishes, and I'd have a set of six. Right. And you said you'd have chilli in there. Do you like chilli? I love chilli. OK. But you don't... You don't like Adamant? No. Never have. 
How, how can you... I, I'm really confused, right? Because he's, he's brilliant, isn't he? No. I couldn't stand him. When he, when he used to come on top of the box, I was doing a deli off. You ser- you're seriously, Glenn? You don't like this? No, I don't, know. I can tell you something else as well. They hang on a, a second, hang on, I'm, hang on, I'm enjoying the vibe, hang on. Oh, no. I'm the dandy highwayman! Anyway, I don't know the rest of the words. Yes, Glenn? I do an 80s show every now and then, and oh. I refuse to play Adamant. Flip it, heck. You're in, yeah. you, you're insane. You should. <laughs> you got me. You've got more impact on my life than Lord Sewell. I, you're the Lord Sewell of '80s radio shows. <laughs> nice to talk to you, Glenn. Thank you, mate. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A40 coming into London, a lane blocked by a broken down lorry just after the Medway underpass, so just before the Hoover building towards Hangar Lane. There are long queues back past RAF North Holt. The M25 going anti-clockwise, you'll find that's heavy between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. The M1 going south, that's busy from Luton Airport Junction 10 towards 9 at Redbourne. The A1M busy too from the Stevenage Junctions 8 to 7 and in Hartford, Gascoigne Way, the A4, A414 slow around the A. Double one nine. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Tom. I'm laughing because uh, well, I mean Scott something something funny on Twitter, but um, yeah, you're right. This is the show. This is the BBC local radio show that has a phone-in element where someone phoned up and said Lord Sewell should be given a medal. Beat that, LBC. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Lord Sewell has announced he's leaving the House of Lords after the allegations he took drugs with prostitutes. He's apologised for the pain and embarrassment he's caused. An offer has been made to buy a Buckinghamshire special school threatened with closure. Penn School near High Wycombe is set to close at the end of the month and is being run by administrators. And legal experts say the right of people to decide who inherits their money has been significantly weakened by a landmark ruling in the Court of Appeal. The judges awarded a Hertfordshire woman 100 £164,000 from her mother's estate, even though her will had left everything to three animal charities. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The pre-season football friendlies continue this evening. Watford make the trip to Wales to play Cardiff. The Hornets added new signing number 10 yesterday with Dutch winger Stephen Berghus joining from AZ Alkmaar for a fee believed to be around £4 million. Milton Keynes-Dons host Spanish side Getafe in their first friendly at Stadium MK. The match dedicated to Chief Scout Andy King who passed away at the end of May. Luton host Brentford. Still no word from the Hatters on the future of trialist striker Craig McHale-Smith and Wickham are away to Basingstoke. Elsewhere, Manchester United's record signing Angle Di Maria looks, looks to be edging ever closer to the old Trafford exit door. He's understood to be close to a big money move to the French champions Paris Saint-Germain after failing to join up with United on their pre-season tour of America. The two sides meet in a friendly in Chicago tomorrow. The BBC's Simon Stone is in the US. He should have reported. He didn't report. Why he didn't report, we're not exactly sure, but, you know... It, it seems, you know, impossible to imagine that he will play for Manchester United again, and and therefore he he will be probably before Paris Saint Germain go home because they've got another match in North America at the weekend. 
uh, he could well be linking up with them. In Formula One, Renault have described the Milton Keynes Red Bull team as high maintenance. It's part of an ongoing spat between the two about the quality of the engines the French team are supplying. In cricket, England and Australia complete their preparations at Edgbaston today, ahead of tomorrow's third Ashes test. England's women lost by 89 runs to Australia in their latest one-day international at Worcester. And racing's glorious Goodwood gets underway today. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. What, what did you forget, Simon? You left and then you rushed back. Have you, have you left yourself logged in? Yeah, just logging off. Get always log off. You know, you know. If anyone leaves a logged in computer, then their life will be misery and Wally Webb will be getting internal messages. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. If you had to, um, uh, <laughs> if you had to melt a record into a bowl, what record would it be? What would you eat from that bowl? Um, you can text those in as well. Eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. And do you feel sorry for Lord Sewell? We've had one caller suggesting we should give him a medal. Give him a medal. We'll talk more about that in uh, a little bit. Here's a sad story, though, we've been discussing all morning. Um, the family of a woman with learning disabilities who died at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage say her death was avoidable. A coroner found there was a gross failure in the case of Eileen Smith. Eileen's niece, Leslie Dean, and her husband, Keith, say both doctors and nurses didn't even read a special folder which set out her disability needs. Well, joining me now is the Director of Nursing at the Lister Hospital, Angela Thompson. Uh, morning, Angela. Thanks for joining us. Um, morning. How could people get it so wrong? Um, Well, that is a good question. Um, We, as an organisation, realised as soon as we got Mrs Dean's complaint letter that something had obviously gone very wrong with the care, and both myself and the medical director, Miss McHugh, made a decision to um, escalate, um, rather than do a complaint response, to do a full investigation, which is um, an independent investigation to the team that were caring for um, Eileen and clearly we found gross failings in um, the care and that is within our uh, report that we then sent to Mr and Mrs Dean um, and a lot of changes have obviously happened and um, you know I would like to take the opportunity again to apologise to Mr and Mrs Dean for those failings in care. Have you spoken to Mr and Mrs Dean? I haven't personally spoken to Mr and Mrs Dean I'm very happy to speak to Mr and Mrs why, Dean. Why don't you give them a phone call? Yeah, I'm very happy to do that. Give them a phone call after the show and just say, look, you know, because I've, I've had dealings, not as serious as this, but I've had dealings mm. with institutions where we've been let down, vulnerable people have let down, and, mm. um, you know, just a phone call would have made such a difference, such a difference. Well, a lot of staff in the Trust have had personal dealings with Mr and Mrs Dean, um, and, you know, personally I haven't, but I'm very happy to do okay. so. Um, I'm sure they'd look forward to that. I'll ask the question again, though. How could it go so horribly wrong? Well... There are, you know, the report is there. There are clear, clearly a number of um, issues that were okay. found. Could, could you tell them to us? Tell us how it went wrong. I'm, yeah, just trying to do that. So there was clearly a lack of escalation by the nursing staff on the observations of that day. And as um, a consequence of that, not only have we obviously um, undertaken retraining of all of the staff on that ward and um, actions have been taken against various individuals, which obviously can't go further into, um, but also we have implemented an electronic observations 
tool which will do an automatic escalation to our critical care outreach team. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask the question again because maybe I'm being done, Angela. How could it go so hideously wrong? I know you said that the report is out there, but I'm, I'm talking to you. How could it go so hideously wrong and this, this 69-year-old vulnerable woman with communication problems uh, be, be allowed to suffer and, and die like this? How could it go so wrong? I'm trying to explain what you're, you're not with the greatest of respect you're not you're, you're telling me what's been what's what's happened as a result of that I, I would like to know how a woman like this could could die it's you know uh, we've investigated and we've held our hands up and you know I totally have acknowledged that there were gross failings in and the what were those gross failings a failure to escalate the observations on that night shift to a doctor so they were taking Eileen's observations she was with them throughout the night and she was sitting at the nurse's station with them throughout the night. And as Mr. and Mrs. Dean said earlier, she was a very pleasant lady. She yeah. liked socialising and company. And that is what the nursing team found. But had they read the purple folder, they would have known... Had they read the purple folder, they would have known that um, her communication skills weren't top-notch. Why did, they not, why did they not read... Uh, OK, if you're not going to give me the specifics, I'll come in with the specifics. I, I, I'm hoping I wouldn't need to. Why did they not read the purple folder? Some of the team did read the purple folder. I cannot say whether the actual two individuals who were on that night did read the purple folder. But we, we as a trust in 2012, we implemented a programme of improvement for patients... Which massively failed and, and allowed a woman to die. Why Absolutely. did they not read? Why did they not read the purple folder? I can't answer for those two individuals as to why they... Well, you're the director of nursing. Longer. You're the director of nursing. Maybe yeah. I'm speaking to the wrong person. Who should I be speaking to that knows the answers then? I can't answer for two individuals. We have promoted <laughs> the use of the purple folder throughout this organisation. Okay. We also work very closely with our acute liaison learning disability team who had come in on the day shift to see Eileen and her carers and the nursing team. And unfortunately, Eileen was off the ward at the time. And that should have initiated a combined care plan. And OK, why didn't, why, you, why, didn't that, why didn't that happen then? The combined care plan? Because the acute learning disability liaison nurses, when they came in, Eileen was off the ward and they didn't come back. That nursing team is employed by social services. Ah, Angela, a very, team. very, very nice passing of the buck. I I'm not trying to pass. The well, buck no, you are. You are. Let's focus. Let's focus on this. Thing. We know that the staff didn't read the purple folder. Why didn't they? That seems like a basic to me. Absolutely, it is. A Why didn't they read basic. it? They should have read it. Yep. No, no. I, I, I'm, why didn't they? I can't answer for two individuals. We You're the director of nursing. Person. Have you spoken to these two individuals? The two individuals no longer work in the trust. Is that because of this? It is because of this, yes. Okay. So, uh, you can... Uh, but you didn't ask them why they didn't read the purple folder? It would have been questioned at the appropriate hearing, but I really cannot get into... No, it's only, it's only a vulnerable 69-year-old woman that died. You're right, let's not get too specific. Uh, the staff bleeped the wrong number. Yes, they did. And we have put in place a new electronic rotor watch so that it is oh. very clear what number out of hours to bleep. It how did they? Clear how did they? Well, you're saying it was really clear. How could they bleep the wrong number? They used a day bleep instead of the out of hours bleep number, and they should have escalated. So when no no one responded when they met, when no one responded when they bleeped yeah. the wrong number, so they just thought, ah, oh, well, never mind. Absolutely, and that's why they no longer work in the organisation. Okay. 
Junior n- nurses made incorrect notes, which were misleading. One, no, there was one retrospective amendment, and you can make retrospective amendments, and that's in the Nursing Midwifery Council guidance. But what the nurse should have done, and she held her hand up to this at the inquest, what she should have done is said it was a retrospective um, amendment, and she didn't. She just amended a note or added, made an addition to the note, which she should have put written in retrospect against, and she didn't, and she has acknowledged Well, that. as long as she's put her hand up, it doesn't matter about an old woman dying, does it? It wasn't... I don't think you'll find a consequence or a cause of death. No, but the other, the other, the other events, the other events were... The death no. was avoidable, wasn't it, if, if there hadn't been such a massive cock-up? What our, in, what our investigation found and what the coroner found is that there is a possibility right. that the death was avoidable. Gosh. It's, it's very difficult to say yeah, of course. that a death... Yeah, yeah, of course, but there was a possibility the death could have been avoided. That, that's um, that's awful, isn't it? That's awful. It we, 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 we go to hospital and we send our vulnerable uh, relatives, you know, elderly and young and people with communication problems when they're at their the, the weakest and the most vulnerable, and we hope they'll be looked after. And yet there is, there is a series of, of cock-ups and mistakes that, that possibly led to, to a 69-year-old woman's death. Absolutely, and the Trust have acknowledged that, and we have a large programme of work because this is a fundamental fundamentally about basic care and it is basic care that we want to get right but what I don't want is for patients out there with a learning disability or any other patient to be worried about coming into this hospital as a consequence of this interview we have put in place a lot of changes well well, well, hang on a second hang on a second they won't be no 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 I'm not letting you have that one they won't be worried about putting uh, vulnerable patients into hospital because of this interview if they are worried it will be because a 69 year old vulnerable patient died and there is a possibility that that death could have been avoided if the staff at your hospital had followed the correct procedure. Absolutely. So please don't please don't bl- blame this interview for making people anxious. It's 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 the death of Eileen Smith and let's use her name. It's her death that might make people a little bit nervous. And that's what I'm trying to say though is that the trust have put in place a number of changes that have radically changed systems and processes to stop a number of those things that went wrong for Eileen to not go wrong in the future. Uh, Why was it so hard for the family to pursue this with the coroner? The coroner had had information about Eileen's death and had made an initial decision that there would not be an inquest. When Mm. we do an investigation report, as we did when we got the complaint letter, that is usually shared with the coroner. But in this case, the coroner had already made a decision not to undertake... Well, the hospital wasn't willing to assist and didn't forward the serious case review to the coroner. We weren't asked to. We would very happily have done that. But well, surely it's just a, oh, come on, come on now. Surely it's just a matter of course, Angela. Leslie Dean, who's mourning her aunt, has had to deal with the running around herself. We will review our processes. And, and I, I, would I really hope lessons you. will be learnt. A lot of lessons have been. Learned. I bet they have. Isn't it a shame it takes the death of a woman for lessons to be learned, Angela? You really... I don't understand why you, you don't just come on and say, do you know what, we, we completely ballsed up uh, and there is a possibility that that woman would still be alive if we um, had, had done things properly. I, I'm just I hearing a lot of fudging. I, I think I have acknowledged that. I said at the beginning of this that we did an investigation which found gross failures of nursing care. That is an acknowledgement that there were gross failings in the care of Eileen Smith, which I am very happy to hold my hand up to, but 
it's not just good enough to say that, is it? Because we have to make changes to make sure that that doesn't happen again and we minimise the risks of that ever are you confident that this? Are you confident that these mistakes, either as a whole or individually, won't happen again? Because it's basic stuff, it's really basic stuff, isn't it? It was basic stuff. So are you happy that it won't happen again? I am very confident that we will continue as an organisation and a nursing body in this hospital to do absolutely everything in our power to ensure that this doesn't happen again. And you're going to um, be speaking to the family later on, are you? I'm very happy to speak to Mr and Mrs Dean, yes. OK, so you'll be, you'll be giving them a call, will you? Yes. OK, Angela, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's Director of Nursing at the Lister Hospital, Angela Thompson. It's 8.45, it's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the trav. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's still a broken down lorry blocking the inside lane uh, just coming into London uh, at the Medway underpass on the A40. It's busy from the Swakley's roundabout at Uxbridge. Long queues back past RAF North Holt. The M25 anti-clockwise heavy between junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. If you're heading down the M1, that's busy between Luton Airport, junction 10 and 9 for Redbourne. The A1M also busy around Stevenage, junctions 8 to 7. In Watford, busy on Exchange Road, around Upton Road and on Stevenage. Way heading out of town towards the motorway at junction 5. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Tom, thank you very much indeed. I know what I want. I want a bell. I want a ding, ding, ding. You know the bells you get in hotels? And it's gonna, I had this once at another place for, uh, for one show. I want a cliche bell. So every time someone says lessons have been learnt, ding. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to go onto the um, uh, the uh, what do they call it the, uh, the ah the internet. And I'm going to treat myself to one as long as it's under a fiver. <clears throat> Where are we now? 8:46. It's a Tuesday, the 28th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Lord Sewell has announced he's leaving the House of Lords after the allegations he took drugs with prostitutes. An offer has been made to buy Penn Special School in Buckinghamshire, which is set to close on Friday, and the family of a woman with learning disabilities who died at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage say her death was avoidable. Let's get the weather. Here's Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. I hope you won't ding that bell when we do the weather because we get the odd cliche in. Ding dong. <laughs> Very good. Uh, we've got some sunny spells across the three counties at the minute. The temperature's currently at uh, 15 Celsius. Uh, we are likely to stay dry today with sunny spells. It's a little cool for the time of year, it's true, with a fairly brisk westerly wind. But with the good sunny spells, if you can get in the shelter of the wind and feel the sunshine, it shouldn't be too bad for you. 18, 19 Celsius, 66 in Fahrenheit. Tomorrow we start dry, sunny spells through the first half of the day. And then we'll continue with sunny spells in the second half of the afternoon. But also, there will be some scattered showers. They're being driven towards us on fairly brisk northwesterly winds, and they will make it feel a little bit cooler again tomorrow, 16 or 17 Celsius. But from Thursday, pressure building across the south and west of the UK makes it dry, settled and fine right the way through until Saturday afternoon. We might pick up some showers late on Saturday, but uh, before that, temperatures rising up to 19 degrees with a light southerly wind developing, uh, so fairly settled for the next few days, Ian. Hey, guess what, Sarah? What? You go to like the internet. I've only just found this. This thing, it's brilliant. The internet. Yes. Um, and I've just gone onto his website and I've typed in Bell. Right. Yes. I can get one for a penny. Oh my word! Plus postage. Oh nuts! 
Get more from BBC Three Counties Radio online by liking our Facebook page. Take part in our conversations, yeah. including oh. what we mm. talk about every afternoon. Mm. Well, it's kind of mm. how most taxes work. So most yeah. taxes work, you know, Touch my on bell. the yeah. first oh. bit you oh. pay no tax, on the next bit you pay basic rate tax, on the next bit you pay 40%, then 45%. See pictures and videos, you won't get anywhere video. else. What we're going to do today is take pictures. you around for a lap of the Silverstone Grand Prix circuit, video. or 3.66 miles, which will be used for this year's British Grand Prix. Get more from BBC Three Counties Radio online by liking our Facebook page at facebook.com slash bbc3cr. Okay, I want one that uh, is prime so I can get it for tomorrow. Um, talking about Lord Sewell, I feel sorry for him. I think he's an inspiration in as much as I'm not condoning his drug and sexual behaviour. There's no impact on my life whatsoever. In fact, the last 10 minutes of the show, some people are very angry about what Lord Sewell did. Why? Can you tell me the impact it has on you or me? Oh three. Four five nine four double five five double five. Jan's on the line. Jan, do you feel sorry for Lord Sewell? No, I don't. Tell me why. He's in the House of Lords. Uh, one of the functions of the House of Lords is to pass bills on things like drugs, prostitution, yep. and he's condoning every part of that. So, but it, and it just makes you wonder how many other people of his ilk are using this kind of um, recreational drug. Yeah. Well, loads of people are. Yeah, I know, but these... these mm. Prostitution, prostitution, isn't, prostitution isn't illegal, so, that, so that's... Um, that, that doesn't fit into your argument. So it's just the drugs. Uh, and we don't know if it was an illegal drug. Well, the chances are he's, he's actually resigned. Yeah, I know. So what, why what, did he what, resign? What, what, he resigned because the... Um, what an honourable thing to do. I don't think so at all. Well, to, to resign, you don't think resigning is honourable? I think he's, he's an, that that should be held up as inspiration. Took him two days. Took him two days. I know, only two days. But some of these people some of these people will drag this out for weeks and weeks. Oh, I know because they're getting paid, but I mean, he's still he's probably got more money than what he needs anyway. Oh, ah, Jan, <laughs> it's so, jealousy. So it's jealousy. Have, no, no, no. no. Uh, what does so it? He didn't have to wait for two weeks. What's, he? Two days. What's, what's what's the amount of money he's got in his bank account got to do with anything? It's not the amount of money he's got in his bank. But you account, brought it up. <laughs> you brought them. You brought the amount of money up. So what's that got to do with anything? Why did you bring that up? Um, because you said that he was honourable doing it in two days. Yeah. Most people hang it out, or most people would hang it out because they're still getting paid, like councillors, MPs. Yeah. And they would lose money by it, but he probably well, yeah, but there had are, enough the, the, money the, that he wouldn't lose money. Oh, okay. So he could afford he could afford to lose his job. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it's not really a job, is it? Sitting there sleeping in the house. Oh, Parliament. Jan, it's number two. <laughs> and what do you know? What I'm hearing, and it's not even reading between the lines. You're saying that you just you, you, it may it may or may not be a job. I don't know. I don't know how much work they do. I've never, I don't know what they get up to now, Sir Lords. But it, uh, it's just a bit of jealousy, isn't it, Jan? You're just jealous, no, and you're glad. So. You're glad that um, this guy. You're glad that this this guy who who does a job that you don't think is actually a job and gets paid more than you you, you think he should get paid. You're glad he got caught with his pants down. 
Well, it's his own fault if you entertain yeah. people like that in your house. You, you can't trust them, can you? But it's his own. It's his own decision. What impact does? Uh, and we don't know it was cocaine. Let's assume it was for a second, but we don't know. It could have been a legal high. What impact does a sixty-nine-year-old? Yeah, I know he's sixty-nine-year-old man. Is that how old he is? Yeah. What impact does him taking drugs and having paying for sex? What impact does that have on your life, Jan? It doesn't. It doesn't have any impact on my exactly. life. Exactly. I think he's a responsible person. Well, he's, but, he's proved that by stepping down. About, yeah. about things in our country. And he's shown he? that he can make decisions quickly by standing down. OK, I'll give you that then. Thank you, Jan. You see, I'm talking sense. Colin! Morning, Colin! Ding! Sorry? Ding! I know where there's one and it might be for sale. Uh, pourquoi and uh, Ella? Uh, French, French and Greek. It's at uh, the YMCA shopping festival. There's one for sale there. Well, it's we've oh. been using it. But oh, I think it came in as a donation. Oh, so... oh, hang on a minute, Colin, who is a volunteer at a charity shop. You use the donations and you don't sell them. This is a bigger scandal than Sewell. Yes. Colin is Dunstable's own Sewell. No, it, it, it's just been on the counter for a while. Well, uh, but if you, have you meet heard this, me Justin? over there at about ten past nine, what? yeah, I'll how? see if I can negotiate. Okay, how much? A good deal for you. How much are you going to sell this bell for? Bearing in mind, it's like the one you get in hotels, yeah. When you when you yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Bearing in mind, they're a penny on the computer. Two two pounds twenty with postage on the computer net. I, I don't know. It'll be up to my boss. Well, I, the but... thing is, I don't want to walk out to the YMCA. No, this no, is... she's not. She... It'll, it... it'll be one ninety nine or something like that. And is it what colour is it? Is it silver or bronze? Um, oh, blimey. I think it's silver with a black base. Black mm, Needs to be a bit more specific, really, if we're going to be interested. Justin, would you accompany me to the YMCA? Because I don't want to just yeah. turn up, because Colin sounds a bit of a geezer, a yeah. bit tasty. I just don't want to turn up. Is, and, is um... this the same Colin that said, oh, when you move to Dunstable, <laughs> I'll take you round the town, guys. I'll do that. Where are you, big man, Colin? Yeah, Where well, are you? But I've got to go to, I've got to, go to Luton, you see, so... Okay. We will see about. you. We will see you at ten past nine, Colin. We'll ten be the past nine. We'll be the tough-looking geezers, <laughs> ready to make a deal. All right. All right, mate. I'll see you in a little while. Tutty bye. Tutty bye. bye. Let me just. Uh, thank you. I know you've got an important thing to talk about in a second, Justin. Well, before it's not that, really important, but yeah. Well, no. Uh, Ben's uh, in Wickham. Morning, Ben. You'll have to go like the clappers. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Morning, Ian. How I'm are you? I'm too old to go like the clappers. I'm, that's why I'm taking Justin. He's going to give me a piggyback. <laughs> oh bless him! You feel it's sorry? Do you feel sorry for Lord Sewell? Not particularly. Oh. Um, I just think he's bloody foolish. That a bit like the case of um, Prince Harry, um, just makes certain that there's no cameras around if you're going to do things well, like this. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Make sure there are no cameras. He can accuse of being an idiot. He can be accused Absolutely. of cheating on his wife. But I don't, I mean, the fact that he's, he, within two days, he stepped down and said, do you know what, guys? I and he, what he says in the statement is, I'm, po I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing slightly, I apologise for any damage I caused, and I apologise for bringing disrepute to this profession that I love so much. Mm. Boom! Fair play. That is amazing to say that. 
Yeah, I agree with that. But he should never have—he should never have put himself in that position in the first place. Well, no matter where he did it or how he did it, he shouldn't have been doing it in front of cameras. Ben, uh, <laughs> that's it. Mm. He shouldn't have been doing it in front of cameras. Ben, you've got to melt. You're hungry. You've got some food. You've got nothing to eat it in. You've got to melt down one of your seven-inch records. Come on, which record is it going to be? And what food are you going to plop in there? Uh, the Lord's Prayer by Mario Lanza. Oh, beautiful, classy. Good and class. um, I, 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 I'll have some red wine and a bit of bread to dunk. There we go. Oh, bit, bit of class and spiritual. Well done. Very spiritual. Lovely. Very spiritual. I've often said this show is spiritual, Justin. Mm, yeah. And Ben has proven that. Thank you, Ben. Um, we got this, came up with this, and this is a brilliant idea, mm. because someone was bored of us talking about autistic kids that are getting um, shafted because their school's being closed down and it's all mm. a little bit murky. So, to compensate for that, we've come up with this brilliant topic. Uh, you've got to melt down a record. Which record is it going to be? And yeah. melt it into a bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you going to put in that bowl? Yeah. What are you going to eat? I said earlier on, the new beats, bread and butter. Great track. I would put Great my bread, food. Yeah, I would put my bread and butter I in that bowl. Bread and butter. And when it's bread and butter, it's got to be cheap margarine. Yeah, White yeah. bread, cheap margarine. Absolutely. Beautiful. Bang on the money. Um, I've taken this one to the streets. Sadly, people didn't really get it. Oh, for crying They didn't out. really get it. But it's... I think... It's quite funny because they don't really get it. Take a listen. Have you got a record bowl? What's that? You know, um, where, where you melt down the vinyl into a bowl. No, I don't understand that. Okay. It's getting a bit tense. Shall I, shall I leave it? Yeah. Sir, if you could uh, melt any record into a bowl, what would it be? That's what you like. Dear me, that's a question, isn't it? It is a question. Uh, I'm asking. I think it would have to be one of the Beatles. <laughs> and what would you eat from it? What I would eat from it? Bit, yeah. Chips. <laughs> so hang on, you, you would give away a valuable Beatles LP and you'd eat chips out of it? Got a weird sense of humour, that's all. Yeah. I'm glad that you've admitted you're weird. Thanks, sir. They're worth a lot of money anyway. Yeah, thanks, sir. If you could melt any record into a bowl, what would it be? Don't know. Thanks for your time. If you could melt any record into a bowl, what would the record be? I will survive. Okay, and uh, what, w- <laughs> uh, what would you eat from the bowl? Fruit, I think. Pineapple. When you're eating a pineapple, does it make you feel alive as a, as a human being? No. Does it make you feel tropical? No. How does it make you feel? Well, just enjoy it, so I eat it. I flippin' hate pineapple, <laughs> and I tell you why I hate pineapple. It's sneaky. My mouth is now, I'm salivating because she's mentioned a pineapple. I can't have pineapple. I get little spots on my tongue. Do you, I'm going to move on from that. Do you want to go to a charity shop and meet a potential pervert? Uh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Long delays into London on the A40 after a broken down lorry blocking a lane. It was blocking a lane at the Medway underpass. It's busy. A long queues back past RAF North Holt. The M25 anti-clockwise still heavy from Junction 70 for Maple Cross around 216 for the M40. You'll find the A1M slows right down around the Stevenage Junctions 827. And in Chesant on the A10 coming south, it's slow between College Road and the M25 at Enfield. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Tom, thank you very much. Uh, thank you to um, uh, well, all the guests there. Some, some tough interviews, and everybody took the grilling well. well. Nearly everybody. Lots of calls as well. We like that, please. More calls, more calls. Don't forget you can download, well, two podcasts from last week. The best of 
And also there's a, a Penn School special as well. And for those going, oh, it's boring, have a listen to that and um, you'll see why it's quite so important. What are you doing in my shoot? In the studio. What? Oh, for goodness sake, slackers. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Ian. It's the JVS Show. Tim Wheeler standing in for Jonathan Vernon-Smith at 9 o'clock. It's one of the most read stories online. It's a local story. It's my big phone-in. Was it right for a judge to change the will of a woman who left her money to animals and not her daughter? A woman from Hertfordshire has been awarded £164,000 after a judge made changes to her late mother's will. The deceased, Melita Jackson, died in 2004, leaving nearly £500,000 to three animal charities. And she made it quite clear she didn't want to leave any money to her daughter at all. However, since her death, her daughter, Heather Eilot, who lives in Ware, has been fighting to get the will changed, arguing her mother had unreasonably excluded her from the will. Well, now a judge has decided Heather's mum, Melita, did not make reasonable provision for her, and the court has awarded her a payment of £164,000. What I want to hear from you this morning, was it right for a judge to change the will of a woman who left her money to animals and not her daughter? You can call me on 03459 455 555, and of course get your text into 81333, starting your message with 3CR. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. And I'll be taking your calls after the news at nine with Simon Oxley. The headlines, Lord Seal resigns, offer made for Buckinghamshire Special School and Hertfordshire woman successfully challenges mother's will. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lord Seal has announced he's leaving the House of Lords after the allegations he took drugs with prostitutes. He's apologised for the pain and embarrassment he's caused. Robin Brandt at Westminster has more details of his resignation. Letter. The question of whether my behaviour breached the code is important, but essentially technical. Uh, he goes on uh, to say that the bigger questions uh, as to whether his behaviour is compatible with membership uh, of the Lords uh, is something that he believes could undermine public confidence in this institution here. An offer has been made to buy a Buckinghamshire special school threatened with closure. Penn School near High Wycombe is set to close at the end of the month and is being run by administrators. Parents